Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 74 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan, how you be? I'm good. Yeah, we had a late night last night. Went we out did. for a uh, friend's birthday. Ate some tacos, had a couple drinks. Yeah, it's lots of guac. Guac and chips, yes. So much cheese. Lauren's stomach was hurting. Was it? Yeah, she wasn't feeling too well. Yeah, she basically like rolled home. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Ryan, but we have a guest this yes, week. Yes, we do. A very special guest. A very good friend of mine. I've known him for at least eight years. Alec Chronolink91, as some of you may know him on the Discord. Alec, how you doing, man? Really happy here, guys. <laughs> We're like, oh shit, we lost him. <laughs> really happy to be here. A classic callback yeah. to the All Gen Gamers podcast. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, we've been wanting to have you on for a while, and we figured uh, 74 episodes was just the perfect placeholder to uh, bring you in for the show. Yeah, it about, about reflects my age. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. in, in the mind, anyway. An old so, soul. Yeah, you are. it makes sense. <laughs> good stuff well but, uh, yeah no no great to great to be on thanks for having having me on i've been uh been uh enjoying the podcast for a while and uh yeah definitely definitely have wanted to, to join in the conversation a little bit so Absolutely. as you can tell from my audio questions that's right no we love the uh the calling in after a concert and driving home and what was it like at least eight minutes of audio of you just talking with your exhausted <laughs> voice <laughs> And about you were yeah, talking about bad. like yeah. almonds and or uh, almond joys and monster energy drinks and the different. Uh, th- did I the difference between almond joy and mounds? I like mounds. Yes. I like coconut. I, uh, people are think that's no, that's like, disgusting. Gross or whatever, but it's gross. Oh, okay. Ugh. No, it's they're not. like the worst. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah, I like some of the worst Girl Scout cookies. Are those like uh, the little round ones with coconuts on them? You gotta get, go for the peanut butter and the chocolate. See, I'm allergic to peanut butter, so, you know, you got to pick your poison. Double oh. whammy right there. Yikes. That's rough. That's rough. <clears throat> how well, do you go on? I don't know how you move on from that. Having a peanut allergy, <laughs> that would that would be that'd be tough. But we are going to move on because we have a fun, packed show for all of you fine people. We want to talk about news that came out this past week about the Xbox Series X. I think it was actually a week and a half ago, but Ryan and I didn't want to record last weekend because life happened. Yeah, it was a long week, and this week was a little less long, but still very long. Yeah, and we'll get into that, but first, we have a guest. We got to get to know our guest. I'm sure our listeners out there don't know Alec as well as I do. So, Alec, we have a couple questions for you as we uh, kind of interrogated Logan last week, but the first of which is just kind of getting to know your gaming background and really what got you into video games to begin with. Yeah, um... So I uh, they they started me young, uh, you could say. Um, I like it as long as I can remember. As long as I can remember, we had a uh, a Nintendo console. Um, I think there's like old pictures with an NES. Um, I don't really remember that too well because um, after we get our Super Nintendo, uh, I think they donated the NES to a children's hospital uh, along oh. with all the games. So um, that my mom worked for. So. But, uh, but I mean, as long as I can remember, um, video games have been present in my life. 
you know, playing Super Mario Brothers all All Stars edition on the on the Super Nintendo, playing that. Oh, excellent. Um, writing, uh, getting a Game Boy, and then proceeding to write my brother's misspelling, by the way, my brother's name on his Game Boy, so that we could differentiate between them. <laughs> I didn't write. I didn't write my name on mine. I wrote his name on his. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. I don't. I don't know like what possessed me to think that. I'd probably like. Oh, I don't want him to to mess it up. But I also don't want to mark on mine <laughs> or something. I, I have no idea what my four or five year old reasoning was on that one. Now, did you get the um, uh, the Game Boy Color, the Pocket, or the original Fat? OG. OG. Game wow. Yeah. I love that thing because yeah. you yeah, could. Um, I think it, Oh, go ahead. I was say I, I think I, it came bundled with, or if they got it for me separately. But I also got the the Game Boy Donkey Kong. Okay, that's like an the excellent puzzle, game. The puzzle game one. Yeah, yeah, that's a great game. Yeah, um, so that was like one of the first games I owned. I think, um, or probably yeah, the first game I owned. Very but. nice. The OG Game Boy was that the big gray one? Mm-hmm. Okay, you can yeah. actually um, adjust like the saturation so you can make it like super green or like <laughs> just make it <laughs> back when there was like singular colors. Yeah, it was really pretty sweet, actually. Pretty sweet. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it was kind of weird how you could do that, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. I actually totally forgot about that feature until you just mentioned it. It's yeah. been so long since I've actually played a Game Boy that. Well, uh, I totally forgot that it does that. You're right. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's funny because um, I remember back in the day, um, I went to my mom's house because um, my parents had shared custody. So I, I left my Game Boy Advance SP charger at my dad's place, and I was super bummed because um, I, the night before, gotten Game Boy, or I've gotten um, a Pokemon Yellow version, which I hadn't played in years at the time because I was, at that point I was playing like Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. And so... I got to my mom's place, my, my Game Boy uh, Advance SP crapped out, and I was like, oh, man. So I asked my mom if we could go to Hollywood Video, and we went to, because at that time, they had a game crazy attached to Hollywood Videos. Uh, so we went in, and I asked them if they had any SP chargers, and they didn't, but they had a Game Boy Fat for 10 bucks, and I'm like, it probably would have cost me just as much to get the SP charger, and I got the Game Boy Fat. That was actually the only time I owned the original Game Boy. And I proceeded to play um, Yellow Version that night under a uh, lamp. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I love yeah. the Fat. No, I mean, that, it's, it's a cool console. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Elgic for sure. I, I honestly don't even know where mine is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't seen it in ages, so it's probably in a either in a box somewhere or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, do you yeah have... um... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, in terms of in terms of when I was really young, um, so, uh, I mean, I used to watch my brother play games on his PC, um, which he used to hate, um, <laughs> you know, having your little brother right over your shoulder asking you stupid questions isn't very fun. Um, but, uh, you know, that, um, obviously, long road trips with the Game Boy, mm-hmm. um, vacations with the Game Boy, uh, borrowing Link's Awakening without him knowing. Nice. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it's video games have always been like uh, an important, an important staple. Um, but man, back in the day, be like rough. You know, you know, I'd only get like you know, fifteen minutes to a half hour of time at a at a game. You know, like you know, they don't they don't want me wasting all my time playing video games. And now, of course, I pull very long sessions yeah <laughs> i guess that i guess that didn't really work too well i mean 
I'm an adult now, so I can make my own decisions. Damn it! So, but that's uh, right. <laughs> but, You're not right. forced to go um, outside. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, um, I mean, growing up, I mean, we got basically all the consoles. We got we had um, Nintendo consoles, I should say. Okay. Um, so we didn't. We never really upgraded to the Game Boy Color, but we did get the Game Boy Advance. Uh, I got one. My brother got one. Um, all three, my, both of my brothers and me got the N64 for Christmas. I think it was, I want to say it was Christmas of 99. Oh, wow. So you had most of the, the library at that point. Yeah, it was, it was either 98 or 99. I can't really remember um, specifically, but I remember I got Mario Kart 64. Nice. Uh, my brother Josiah got FIFA 99. So it must have been 98, wow. Christmas Excellent. of 98. And then, um, and then my brother uh, Jeff got uh, Wetrix, which was like this weird puzzle game. I I've that, never like, played that. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, it's I don't know if it's like I don't remember what the origin was. If it was a European developer or what, I, I don't even remember. But um, but yeah, it was like this weird walls like around. You had like a, a big like a big flat board and you'd get bricks to basically build up walls to, to place water in. And you had to like, you had to make sure that you had enough, um, you know, there was enough like uh barricade for the, for the wall because Tetris pieces that you don't want at times where it would give you like bombs that would blow up pieces of the wall. So you had to like strategically place the bombs in certain areas and then um, fill up these giant, places of water so that when you I think it, you got like all and that evaporated the water and that's how you scored points oh, um huh. it's a very fascinating game um I uh geez man I that is now either oh right my brother has my n64 and he lives in Canada so oh that's a good one. <laughs> well yeah, I definitely so think you I, won I out at Christmas because uh, I think Mario Kart 64 is just a a, a few shades better than you know FIFA oh. 99 totally oh totally yeah well and here's the thing is that we know it at the time but like the n64 uses used memory cards for some games mm -hmm. yeah and that was and that was one of them um and we didn't know it at the time so like the in order to even like begin to play that game really because you couldn't do like roster updates or anything like that you had to just play the base version of the game i don't even think you could do a uh i don't even think you could do a season uh without a memory card so oh bummer But, but yeah, and up through the GameCube era, um, I remember my brother had such a such a hard time with that thing. Um, he, he, you know, notice he's the one that got most of the consoles. Uh, my it's the the middle brother. Um, my oldest brother, I want to say he kind of fell away a little bit um, in terms of in terms of games. Um, but uh, I mean, he he has five children now. Um, they your, have a Wii yeah. U. your oldest brother wow. has five kids. Yes. Um, Whoa. And uh, I, mean, I mean, they. I just got my nephew uh, 2DS. Nice. That's awesome. So, um, so uh, you know, trying to trying to get him, he's like, hey, I was basically like, you have an amazing library of games at your disposal. So have fun with that. <clears throat> um, now, can the 2DS can that play regular DS games as well? Yes. Oh my word! It yeah, can play, it can play. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah you've got yeah it's a it's an amazing console yeah i mean because it's like no one really cares about the 3d 3ds the 3d features anymore no and, no um you know it's like the, the new and it was a new 2ds so it was like you can so you can play new 3ds games if you really did have that very strong desire to um or you can play you can download super nintendo games onto that because for some reason you can only use the super nintendo virtual console on a new 3ds and family of system that pisses me weird. off so much because it's I, so bizarre i don't i don't get it i don't have that i don't have a new 3ds lauren does because i got her one for her birthday a couple years ago uh, which i mean i guess i could just download them on that um but now it's like with the the switch being portable anyways and they have a, a pretty decent library of the the um super nintendo games on there anyways but i mean i would love to be able to play earthbound like on my my 3ds you know yeah yeah you could always so. borrow mine yeah, your greasy you hands that have played twelve hundred hours of Pokemon on <laughs> my Pogo Bank is on my new one. So you don't want to you don't want to risk me like deleting that. You'd murder me in my sleep. <laughs> yeah, <it would. laughs> I have a key to your place. I would murder the heck out of you. Yeah, Scoob would like this. Eat isn't your face. premeditated at all. It's just I don't know insurance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> insurance. <laughs> Good stuff, Alec. Uh, I mean, I'm, it's awesome to hear. I mean, you guys were definitely a Nintendo family. Did you guys ever get uh, like oh, a PlayStation huge. or Xbox? Uh, so, in the 360 generation, my brother, uh, my brother Jeff, um, got got one. Um, I don't remember exactly when he got. Uh, I think in college he got one of the. It was an arcade version of the. Yeah, that was. And that's actually the one. I, actually, the one I still own. That's really pretty um, early on. Was that like one of the white consoles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he eventually upgraded to an elite um, of the same variety. Um, funnily enough, um, he never got the the slim or the super slim, okay, or whatever they called them. Uh, those no, that's the PlayStation models, is what they called those. They didn't I don't have remember an... what they what they called it with the 360. Exactly. I think they did have an Xbox Slim because I think that's what what Lauren ended up getting. Yeah, yeah. There was there was the a Slim, one. and then yeah. there was one that that looks like. They tried to kind of make it look like an Xbox One, a little bit, and then it's like kind of like a VC- VCR-ish. Yeah, yeah. That was the last model, and I actually actually picked one of those up because, um, well, the disc drive doesn't work very well on my on the arcade anymore. Um, the the gears are a little a little worn, mm-hmm. so I I bought that off my brother. Um, funnily enough, it was about a year ago. Um, because we're coming right up on the on the on the one year anniversary, a ten year anniversary, I should say, of uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen releasing in the states. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> I picked I picked that up, um, and I, funnily enough, it was right in this room. My brother had his his whole setup was in was in this old office that I, I have my computer in right now, and uh, he didn't want me bugging him, so he's like, "I'll let you I'll let you buy it off me," and. Uh, and you can have that now, so you can play that whenever you want, and you don't have to come down here for it. So, wait. So, is um, that when you played Final Fantasy Thirteen for the first time? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. It was on a CR. It was on our CRT. We hadn't upgraded to to an HD television yet, so we still had a we still had a sizable CRT TV. Um, he was still playing on one too down here. Actually, I've uh, I think actually on the one that's still down here, <laughs> which is uh, man, I'm not looking forward to moving that. Um, but yeah, so, um, so probably through high school is when I started to get interest in, in like 
Japanese role-playing games. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you that. And uh, I, I don't remember exactly where it started. I mean, I think that coincided with my introduction to anime a little bit, too. Okay. Um, yeah. I, had a, I had a really good friend in high school who... He was, like, really big into, like, Mega Man X stuff. Hmm. Um, he, like, wrote his own fan fictions in that. Oh. Um, uh, Mega Man but, and Peach. Um, yeah. <laughs> n- n- nothing, nothing, no slash fan fiction. Nothing oh, like okay. that. There's a difference? Um, but, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, nothing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he did write that. I, I, <laughs> he didn't share with the public. <laughs> I, 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 well, yeah. We'll... we'll my friend, that friend, has unfortunately passed on. So I, I oh my gosh, won't, sorry, we'll never be able to know about that. So no, it's fine. Um, he would, he would laugh too, honestly. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So he, he's the one that kind of introduced me to, to anime. He got me into Naruto, and at the same time, I had it was him, and then like another friend group of mine were like all into Tales of Symphonia. Huh. Okay. And, That's the GameCube uh, Tales of game. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was just kind of like, I, I don't, I really like the art style on the cover, so I was like, dang, this is this is rad. I need a play game. They're all talking about it, so eventually I got the copy that was like going around to the friend group, and uh, man, that 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 game like blew my mind as to like how how like how involved of a story, how complicated of a story that Japanese role playing games can can have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I totally fell in love with the genre through that. Um, but I would say I would say I was still like an RPG casual until Final Fantasy thirteen came out. Yeah. Um, because still up until casual. then it was probably still like that, that. I played Chrono Trigger, which I loved, um, as you may be able to tell from my name. Yeah. <laughs> Chrono, Chrono Link. Yeah. Uh, the the two my two favorite silent protagonists. <laughs> Very nice. Um, and yeah, and I think it was it was ultimately that game that just completely changed my perspective on like what video games could be in terms of emotional uh avenues for telling spectacular stories through mm. um through character studies through visuals through everything um yeah and uh yeah i'm an ardent defender of that game uh big time i understand it has its flaws but you know no i'm right there with you alec <laughs> i mean we, i yeah. i will sing that game's praises till the day i die i mean I beat it on the Xbox 360 originally. It's funny that you played it on a CRT TV. Um, well, I didn't play it on a CRT. I played it on like a really crappy um, off-brand 32-inch TV that I'd gotten for Christmas one year um, just mm-hmm. in my bedroom. So I just remember sitting on my dad's old computer chair, just sitting like a few feet away from the TV, just getting <laughs> lost in that game for an entire summer. It was just such a beautiful game. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Um, I mean, it, it was funny too because uh, I remembered – in college, looking up, um, there was like a fan site. I, I like kept like really track of um, of like all the spinoff games. In because originally Final Fantasy fifteen was going to be Final Fantasy versus thirteen. Yeah, that was and, weird. And and there was a I think there was a the PSP game was like Final Fantasy Agito thirteen. Yep. Um, which be which became Type Zero, um, Final Fantasy Type Zero. And that's still actually technically in that universe. Um, is it really? In terms of, it is, yeah. Uh, in terms of how uh, the magic works, there's Lassie and Falsy in Type Zero. I need to get that. Um, game. Yeah, uh, it's I. I've heard really mixed stuff about it. I I haven't played it yet, but uh, um, 
I, I'm I don't know. I'm definitely interested in it. I've heard it's it's tonally jarring, is what I've heard about it. Um, hmm. Because because it's very violent, but it's also very fan service heavy. Um, which I mean, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, um, I picked up Peach Ball for crying out loud, Senran Kagura. So <laughs> I, you know, I have uh, I have no misgivings about fan service. That's right. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, the, so keeping anyway, keeping up to date with like the with that stuff. I found a website that was like download all the high quality versions of the of the cutscenes. I was like, yeah, of course I'm gonna do that. And then through <laughs> that, I found out that the um, the 360 version of the game uh, locks the pre rendered cutscenes at I think 576p. They're super compressed. Oh really? Um, and they look really bad. Yeah. In fact, I've I've played 13 on an HD TV since, and you can really tell they're but they don't look good. Um, they, uh, so, but I'm glad, I mean, I probably wouldn't have even realized it then before I knew that it was super compressed, but playing it on a CRT, you can't, you can't tell a difference. So yeah. it's just like, you're just blown away by how it looks. So, um, thankfully if you, if you, uh, play it on an Xbox one now, it has the HD kind of it's, they've re through the, uh, through the Xbox one's backwards compatibility. So the game looks like spectacular now. You you'll never even you wouldn't even know that it was compressed anymore. So that's interesting because I played it um, on the PC. I got through. I beat Barty Boy the second time in Chapter Twelve, I believe, and mm -hmm. and it looked phenomenal. But I was also running it on max settings. But then I shelved it last year, and I of course picked it up again on the PS3 earlier this year before my PS3 died, and it looked spectacular. I mean, graphically, it looked just as impressive as ever. Do you know if the if the graphics were compressed, PS3 versions, the three version was not. No, PS3 version, the best version you could play. I was gonna say because like, it by, looked by far. It almost looked better yeah. than my PC, just obviously because it was on a uh, like a fifty-inch TV as opposed to like my seventeen-inch monitor. Yeah, the PS3 version was uh, was not compressed because the I mean Square Enix loved the PlayStation Three. They didn't yeah. love it because of how hard it was to work on, but they loved it for the power that it had. Yeah. Um, which, which is why it took them l forever to do anything on it. Um, that system was not developer-friendly uh, at all. Um, huh. But, uh, but yeah, so so I found that out, and I, I was kind of like, I remember that, that blowing my mind, but uh, it was like, yeah, I, I guess I had a benefit of playing it on a, <laughs> on a, on a crappy old TV, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm hoping I can yeah. um, perform um, the fix on my PS3 to fry it and then remove my save data because I, I want to play that game to completion so much. And I was in one of the best spots to grind ever in the game. And I was just going to max mm -hmm. out my Crystarium and then just steamroll the rest of the game. But um, unfortunately, again, my, my PS3 got the, the yellow light of death. So yeah. And I'll eventually get past chapter one. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably should because uh, you don't even, I think it's through chapter two, two, you don't have you don't even have access to like the crystarium or leveling or anything so I you don't even gain experience for the first like couple of chapters of the game yeah i think it's like maybe so, yeah at least through two because you fight odin at the end of three and i think at that point yes. i was running back and forth to max out crystarium as much as i could before i had that battle yeah it's um it, it honestly speaking as somebody who adores the game it does make replaying that section 
actually playing it a slog. I, I you you replay that section for the story. You do, but like yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty rough to go back to because it's just like okay now I got to do all this again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but well, I mean I think it's um, is it chapter five uh, or six with like the Sunlith waterscape? Is that? Yeah, I I think it's six. I think it's six. six. Yeah, that's it's a that's a very that's a standout portion of the game. For it's sure. so beautiful. Yeah. No, I mean um, it's. I don't want to say it's newcomer friendly, but I think those earlier chapters definitely ease you into the paradigm system. Um, it, it does. Yeah. So so much so that like, if you just were, I think it's chapter 11 when you finally land. Um, I'm not, I forget what the planet name is. Help me out, Alec. Pulse. Yeah. So when you land on Pulse, like <laughs> Pulse. if you were, if you were to just start in Pulse, you would have been so overwhelmed with these gargantuan dinosaur looking creatures that will wreck you if you try and fight them at that point in the game. Um, those earlier chapters are, are so necessary and critical, not only to the story, but just the paradigm system itself, that I, I know people are so critical of the game being so linear, but I, I, it certainly serves a purpose. Yeah, I think I met Chocobo yeah. Lad, and then I got the paradigm system. And then I think one of the girls' voices just threw me off. Probably Vanille. I, 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 I like Vanille quite a bit. But, but. I could definitely... Now that I've done JRPGs a little bit more, I think that was my first one, and I was like, holy shit, and this is going to be 100 hours. <laughs> like, there's no way this is a starter game into JRPGs. They, there's a lot of, like, talking about complex and complex stories, I mean, Final Fantasy XIII is definitely up there. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, you, you got yeah. you to gotta keep the data log on standby in yeah, that game. Yeah, you do. Um, Kingdom Hearts <laughs> 1 was a good starting point for me into JRPGs. Because mm -hmm. that's like... Here's some lube. Ease your way in, <laughs> and here's Final Fantasy Thirteen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Not a bad comparison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so I guess okay. So I don't want to completely derail the uh, or jump off of the Final Fantasy Thirteen conversation. Well, actually, okay. Before I do that, Alec, have you played the subsequent uh, side games two and uh, three, Lightning Returns? Yeah. So yeah, I uh, I played through uh, thirteen two in in college. Uh, I replayed uh, after thirteen two came out. I replayed thirteen and like got the achievement, uh, all the achievements in it. Wait, did you really? Version. I did. You yeah, maxed so, out all the roles. Um, yep, maxed out all the roles. Uh, had every weapon equipped, um, which is actually like. Man, the, the the systems in that game are really like really complex. Um, how did you? How uh, long did that take you? What was your hour count? I think it was like one ten, one twenty. It wasn't oh, as long not, as you might think. That's not too bad. Where did you farm yeah. XP to to level them up that fast? Uh, down in Pulse, uh, you can battle uh, the once you once you get up to a certain level, you you can uh, you can take care of uh, Longwees and Shaolongwees really easily. Okay. And they drop, uh, they have rare drops that are like necessary for components for getting like the ultimate weapons for everybody. So, um, uh, but yeah, um, they drop a lot of experience as well. So, okay. I, I will say the, the verse, the verse in Gedrick's fight is, uh, was hard. It was very, very hard, particularly getting it five stars was very hard. That's the um, final boss battle. You think that you thought that was challenging? Yeah. And I'm not crapping no, on you. No, that's I'm not just... the final boss battle. That, okay. That's, that's Vercingetorix is the final... Because um, when you're down on Pulse, basically the, the major side quest of the game is 
do all of these the seath stones which are like yes the, they're hunt monster hunting basically um uh i the thing that i i love as a history major was that all of the all of the seath the major seath were all named like thick uh warlord so versingetorix okay. was um was like caesar's arch enemy when in the invasion in britain Interesting. um he was a he was a celtic warlord and uh um i don't think caesar ever beat him um if memory serves but uh he, yeah, that fight is just insane. Just the amount of damage they can output um, huh. is is nuts. But uh, <clears throat> but yeah, five starring that was hard. Five starring the final boss, funnily enough, is actually kind of if you use an exploit and you get lucky, you can actually get you can actually one hit kill the boss. I was gonna say because uh, so do you not get an achievement for five starring him? Is it just the person that you just talked about? I think you I think you get it for five starring all Seath Stone hunts. Oh, okay. So you have to do that, I think. Yikes. If memory serves. I, I, I haven't looked at the trophy list in a long time, but um so yeah, so I, I but uh, after after that, um I started to do the same thing with thirteen two. I started to replay that. Um but I, I didn't get very far. I was I was I think I was a senior in college at the time, so it was like, okay, I should focus more on my studies at this <laughs> yeah, point. Um, probably. But uh but yeah, I played through all of thirteen two, loved it. Um I was a big fan of thirteen two as well. Yeah, I think I think the music is just as good as in thirteen. It's very different soundtrack. It is. There's some heavy um, guitar metal riffs in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. The weird the chocobo theme, which is like so bad, it's good. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. The metal the metal chocobo theme is it's so it's so bad, and I love it so off. much. I'm curious what a um, metal chocobo theme sounds like. Yeah. Do you know by chance what the name of that track was, Alec? Crazy chocobo. Of course you do. Um, I was gonna say that's. <laughs> Wow, crazy! It's, it's chocobo. It's so good. It's so bad. It's I love it. <laughs> All right, it's, so I don't know how the audio levels are gonna be here. So just prepare uh, yourselves. Okay. That's a chocobo theme. Yeah. Oh, just wait. Just wait till they start singing. So cute, yes, that fierce. So yeah, shit. can you imagine like <laughs> it's it's like a final boss so, battle, not a chocobo. Yeah. So you you don't get you don't get those chocobos right away. You don't get those until you start revisiting areas. Mm -hmm. You can unlock them. Yeah. Um. And they, and they go a lot faster, and they can fly. So. Yep. No, I love that. Um, Holy crap! And I liked the um the creature taming system in that game as well. I mean, it was it, it was a nice little you know, take on Pokemon, if you will. But I, I liked it quite a bit. Better than Neo yeah, Kingdom. that no, that yeah. that game is similarly really has very complex systems. Um, in the 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 Crystarium in that is like, I, I got the player's guide for I've had the player guide for all of these games, but in that oh, one, I think they're almost necessary. I mean, I I have for, it in terms of understanding the battle system. That's yes. necessary, I think. Yes. Um, the um, particularly thirteen two. I remember delving into like. It's like optimal builds, but then it was like you can also do something where it's like maybe you want to give uh, Noel a more magic-based build and Sarah a physical-based build. You can totally do the opposite of that too. Yeah, as long as you follow these steps. And it, I was just like, this is this is heavy. Like, because the monster taming is also um, that 
builds into their growth too. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 really it's that oh man it's I need to delve into that at some point. I think that game is 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 criminally underrated. I agree. Um, I, I agree. People yeah. p- people seem to favor Lightning Returns more than that one, and that's really? fine because I think Lightning Returns has its own strengths too. So, so recently, um, um, I went on a PS3 buying kick, game buying kick, of course, right before my PS3 died, um, and I ended up getting the collector's edition for thirteen two because it came with. Um, a concept art book. It came with the entire four disc soundtrack, which again is phenomenal. Um, and it was like 25 bucks brand new on eBay. So I was like, this is, I'm either going to get the the base game for like 15 or the collector's edition for 25. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually looking this up right now, but I think you can even still buy it on the Square Enix store. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I did, I bought, uh, maybe it was a couple years ago. I bought the, um, I, cause I, I got the collector's edition of 13. 13- you um you uh Dude, you dipped out, out there for a second, then subsequently the the version on PS3. Oh, sorry. Yeah, because we'll see that I I bought the the Pictures edition of of thirteen two came out on the three sixty and on the uh am I back? Yeah, you're back. You you were kind of dipping out a little bit more, but you're good. You're yeah, good. it was crazy. Okay, but yeah, no, I did um I did get the the thirteen two collector's edition because yeah it's only like 20 bucks on their on their webs on the square Enix store yeah no brainer um, it's just, a beautiful beautiful just, package yeah no it's to- definitely worth it um if you if you can you know i for it you know because it's it totally absolutely worth it mm-hmm. um i'm looking to see if they still have it you can still get the 10 10 2 hd remaster on ps3 the collector's edition for that which i also have um, that's only forty bucks. That retailed for eighty. Wow. I don't think you can. Oh, ooh, 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 hold on. No, I don't. I don't know if that's still available. Unfortunately. Okay. Just well, like, oh, that's too bad because it that was that was kind of cool. The fact that they the fa- fact that they had, they had that. Oh no, I lied. You can still get it. Still there. They don't have it on. They don't have it on sale right now, but you can still get it. Okay. Yeah. It's forty bucks right now, but uh, absolutely, just for the soundtrack alone, oh, that yeah. forty bucks is one hundred percent worth it. I agree. It was what like five discs? I think it's four. Four. From four. Yeah. It's it's so the the thing that I, I loved about uh, thirteen two is it did this really interesting thing of whenever you it had the field music, but when you were approaching enemies, it changed the field music to make it a little bit more intense. Yes. Um and. It does. It, the whole track is that way, and like it's that. That is really cool to me. I love the fact that they they had that much dedication. They didn't just do an encounter music. It was like, no, we're doing like the the full, the full track is in that style. So it's, it's very cool. That's really neat. Now, okay, so please yeah. sell me on Lightning Returns. I of course bought that on the PS3 recently as well, um, and I was a, a similar place. I think you're like maybe a year or two older than I was. So when I was a senior in college. Lightning Returns came out, and I just never got around to it. And it always freaks me out. This is why I've never played Majora's Mask. I never played the Dead Rising games because whenever there's a timer in a game, it freaks me out. So, like, mm-hmm. sell me on Lightning Returns apart from the uh, the timer, but also the timer. Like, just explain this game to me. So there's uh, so I've actually never beaten Lightning Returns. I got very I got very close to the end, but it's like one of those things. Uh, that happens with me when it's something like I actually had a hard time finishing 13 the year that came out. I, I didn't, I didn't beat it till the summer. It came out in March. 
Um, just because you didn't want it to end? But or? it's like, I don't want it to end. Yeah. In my mind, it's like, I don't want it to end. I, th- I, I have to change that this year. I feel like for the 10th anniversary of the series, I, I have to, I'm going to have to go through Lightning Returns fully. Yeah. Um. So the thing is, is that I didn't really understand parts of how the time system worked, really. Uh, it. Uh, and I realized that it's like there is more than enough time to do everything. Um, okay. There are, item, there are items that you can get to slow, to slow the passage of time. I did hear that, yeah. Um, and um, that those help a lot. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly, because it has honestly it's probably been since it came out since I played it. Um, I was also a senior in college, actually. Um, I was okay. 2014. When it came out, oh, maybe um, I was maybe I was a junior then that year because I graduated in fifteen. Yeah, I graduated in fourteen. So okay, okay. Um, yeah, um, I'm trying to think. So the thing that the thing that I really liked about it is, um, it, it's like a a single person version of the paradigm system. So okay. the so it combining ten two's dress spheres, so like costume changes give you the different abilities yeah and i think you equip three of them at a time or maybe it was more you might have even have more actually um and those give you different abilities and everything in battle um you're still obviously building a stagger bar um but all of it works differently you can you can move around the battlefield slightly you can guard um like with a press of a button um and there's, so there's there's parts of that that the battle system itself is feels the most involved like if it's possible it feels the most involved you feel like you have the most agency I would say okay in terms of in terms of a battle system in terms of the whole series um, of thirteen I should say um, and I think that that feeling is really good I think the battle system feels really good to play I it's hard for me to really because i'm going off of memory it's hard for me to say anything more about that um one thing that's really cool about what it does is depending on what part of the game you do first um different characters will be affected by it differently so um depending on how when you encounter certain boss fights Mm -hmm. i think it's like between day one and five um it's a certain way, and then if you encounter it between day 6 and 11, it's another way, and then if you encounter them between 12 and 13. So they get progressively harder, like bosses do, because it's like it's almost like they, they're getting more corrupted by yeah. the um, by the passage of time. Um, so it's, it's really interesting, because it, it offers a lot of replay value. Um, and I think there's a couple... I feel like there's a few different entities you can get, too. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, when, I, you, when you beat it, I definitely need to get around to playing that. I'd I'd like to to play through, I guess, the entirety of the series thirteen two as well, and hopefully, I hope I can get my save data for thirteen because I really don't want to have to play up into that point again on the PS three. Um, when ended up barring yeah. your yeah. PS three, but um, I don't want to go on too long. I could Alec, I could talk to you for two and a half hours about Final Fantasy thirteen, oh. <laughs> but but Ryan, he's actually totally. totally. He, Ryan's actually foaming out the mouth over here, like falling yeah, asleep. I'm just drooling over so, here. Um, so yeah, we're not we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna pull a pull a Pete and Johnny talk about Final Fantasy XI. Yeah, we could um, though. We could, you know. We we could 100. percent And then John Gamester's like, uh, uh, obviously, I can see you guys are still addicted to this game, but uh, can we like can we move on now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
One of the best episodes. I think you showed me I do. that episode. I, I, I did, I yeah. credit that. Pro- like, completely, this is my fan, my headcan. That's what that's what caused Johnny to be was getting interrupted in that conversation. Say that again? You, you dipped out for a second. So, I said my fan, like, my fan theory, my headcanon is that Johnny uh, left the podcast because he, he got that conversation get interrupted. He was pretty <laughs> yeah. heated. Yeah, he, he wasn't happy that they interrupted him because he thought it was a great conversation. And so, so that, like, that's always been my thing where it's like, yeah, that's why Johnny left the podcast because, I mean, they just interrupted him in his Final Fantasy XI stuff. Yeah. Because it was like two episodes later. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be leaving the podcast, guy. That is true. So. Yeah, because it was like 81 or something, I think, was when, you know, two addicts speak about their past. And then a couple episodes later he announced that and, and it almost seemed unexpected because he even asked pete like mid-episode like pete in final fantasy 11 like what do you have to do when you leave a, like a, a guild and pete was like well you have to find a replacement and then johnny was like yeah i've, I've found a replacement for the podcast it was kind of like i don't know if he let them know beforehand or not but it seemed pretty unexpected for the other co-hosts well and uh spit when a was on too and he So that was that was kind of that it was a little it was strange yeah it was definitely an an interesting a moment yeah interesting moment it was a shame I liked I liked Metal Jesus when he was on the podcast and even Sexy Ben um yeah his names yeah I mean metal you can't you can't make this stuff up and my next question for you Alec and we can get through this quickly and we get on with the rest of the show but um you know I, I you know it's it was. I feel spoiled to have been a part of the YouTube gaming community in that 2010 to 13 time frame because I felt like that was really when it was at its peak. I would say 2008 was kind of in its infancy stages when, you know, Pete and Johnny were just getting into YouTube. But I feel like past the 14, 15 years, that's when kind of everyone was getting into the Patreon and it almost became like a YouTube corporation unless unless you were like 100,000 plus subscribers, you were just a nobody. And so I feel privileged to have been part of that time. And I know you are a part of that time. And so I guess what are your experiences when you were a part of the community? And then also did it in any way like change your buying habits in, in terms of like I'm buying this to play and that kind of, you know, changed to like, oh, well, I'm more of a collector now too. Like, I guess you want to speak a little bit about your YouTube gaming community involvement. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't overly involved in the community in terms of actually having a real, I, I had a YouTube I made like maybe a, a dozen 18 videos or something i i don't I, I still have it up and i just i haven't really made anything with it because i still have an account so mm-hmm. but um um yeah i mean it was it's definitely it's definitely changed um and there's there i, I will say there are parts of it that I miss, but there are also parts of it that i think i don't miss if that mm-hmm. makes any sense it, it's definitely it was definitely a period of time where it it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to happen then, and it could only happen then, because of where where we are now, where YouTube has just grown so much. They, it was almost inevitable that 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 essentially the lesser parts of the community would, the hobbyists, um, the people that were doing it for that. We're going to be swept aside for by YouTube for the sake of their own profit, and it's like, 
I mean, that sounds really rough when you put it that way. Um, but as a as a business, it, it makes sense that they had to have to do that. You no, know, it's, that's, that's that, what they yeah. It, it sucks, but that's unfortunately just the way things are. So yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's definitely I I definitely miss the the very uh, the, using the word for its intended purpose, not necessarily for a sexual purpose, but it it felt more intimate. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. In the sense that it's like you, you really get felt like you were getting to know people a little mm -hmm. bit, and there, there are elements of that that still exist. I think, I think Twitch streaming has really helped certain YouTube uh, creators to still have that closeness with their audience. Yeah, um, I think of, I think of people like uh, Gerard the Completionist. Um, I think of Peanut Butter Gamer, who, funnily enough. If you do you remember that he was on the, the Algen Gamers podcast, yes, yeah, it was like episode. It was in the twenties, I think. It was pretty early was, on. Uh, yeah, I, w I was. It was. Yeah, I think it was like more like in the forties or something. Was but it okay? I was. I was shocked because I was like, I totally forgot that that is how I was introduced to PBG. Oh wow! Which yeah. is like, uh, which is like insane because I was got like two million subs or whatever, and I was like, it's just so weird to think like someone that got like enormous. Uh, you know, was on the podcast with these guys that, well, I mean, Metal Jesus. I was about to say, most... Metal Jesus is a perfect example because, I, mean, I don't want to say he was a nobody, but he was really pretty underground, if you will, before he was on AGG. He was. He actually had less subs than, than Jason uh, yeah. when he started on the podcast. It's which crazy. is insane to think about because I think he's got like, I want to say like 400 or 500,000. Right subs. now, he's got a lot. Metal Jesus is at, at like 789 or something. I just looked the other day. Oh, is he? Is he? Oh dang! Yeah, he's creeping so, up to a million. I mean, he he's he's business. He's he's worked for for a long time because um, he was older than all of them. And, yeah, I mean, he um, worked for Sierra in the '90s, so I mean, yeah, yeah. And so he, I think he understood. He went and it just seems like he understands how the algorithm works. Not not to like break it apart in terms of he's still only doing it for the subs, but I think he had the sensibility about him to understand how things worked. Absolutely. Um, he just made solid content. I mean, I still watch his videos to this day. I don't watch it as, as regularly as I, as I did back, back in the day, but he's, he still makes quality videos. Um, I agree. I mean, people crap people on him a see, lot so. and, and there's no hidden denying. Gems. Yeah. Hidden I mean, no gems. one, there, there's no denying that hidden gems have absolutely um, caused certain games to increase in value, which it, you know what, what it is what it is i mean these yeah, games yeah. in many cases wouldn't have been talked about otherwise and if anything else blaming the game the game the game chasers for game chasers aren't big enough yeah it's like you know i mean they're 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 popular and people well, there's a lot of people that watch them but i was like there's no way that they single-handedly cause spikes in game uh you know prices stuff like yeah. that i Metal yeah. Jesus, maybe. I think he might be because he's got enough uh, enough people know him. He's got enough subs, but yeah. No, I, I've always appreciated his content, and he just seems like a very personable guy. Yeah. So, yeah, he's always he's always seems very nice. Yeah, um, I you know so, but yeah, um, so I I mean, it definitely has drastically uh, affected what I look for and what I buy, what I'm interested in. Um, all gen gamers and then through that the, the YouTube gaming community has definitely uh, impacted what I look for in in games 
and my expanding interests as well, you know, getting into more uh, Japanese sensibilities uh, other than just RPGs, but looking for um, just experiences from the from different developers uh, like that. You think of like Atlas or, or NIS and things yeah. like that. I mean, I never would have played um, the Ease games if it wasn't for Johnny, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, absolutely, and um, and uh, you, you know, I'm I'm just all the more thankful. My wallet's maybe not as thankful. But, yeah, uh, I agree. I I definitely, I mean, I definitely feel more enriched for being part of. Um, for sure. I agree completely. So. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Well. I honestly, again, I could have talked about Final Fantasy thirteen forever, but we, we still got a, a packed agenda on the back half yeah, of the show we here. Get, so we got to keep keep it moving. We got to keep, keep on keep on rolling. But uh, yeah, so it was an interesting two weeks. Like I said, Ryan and I did not record last week, and, and largely that was driven because um, Lauren found out that her Japan trip was canceled, of course, due to the the coronavirus. Um, so she was no longer going for work, but we figured we were still going to book her a plane ticket because at that point we'd already booked my flight. And we were going to just book her a flight uh, with me, and we were just going to travel regardless because I felt like I was more susceptible to just getting the flu and it, it being in a tin can for 16 hours than I was exploring Tokyo. Um, because, I mean, obviously, most people get some degree of sick sickness when they're traveling for that long just mm-hmm. because, yeah, you're just you're, you're susceptible to it. Um, but it was when we found out that, you know, the Japanese government was shutting down train systems, public schools were going to be shut down for a month, and... Um, major outlets were going to be closed. I don't want to experience Japan unless I'm going to experience the authentic Japanese culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And especially, especially going into like Shibuya crossing and just seeing how densely populated it is at night, people crossing the, uh, the streets. Like I don't want that to be bare. That just, that's not what Japan is. It's never what it was meant to be. Um, so we kind of just figured it was probably best for one for our safety and two for the, the best of, uh, our, our experience we should just kind of uh cancel the trip which is what we did so it sucks but at the same time we were only going to go for six days and i don't think you can experience all there is to see in japan in six days so the tentative plan is next year next spring um take two probably two and a half weeks off work and spend about a week and a half in japan and then if possible um pop over to new zealand for about a week nice so that is the, the tentative plan for Lauren and I for our vacation plans. But it just put a really, you know, um, put a damper on the week last week. And I know you, your week was absolute hell, Ryan. So we kind of just were. Yeah. Work was really rough. I mean, per the usual, but more so. More so. Yeah. yeah. So we took off last week and we finished Halo 4. We did finish Halo 4. That was good times. Yeah. Finished it on Legendary. The only way to play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then we started Lost. You don't have your mic on that box to this week, so you're oh, kind of just talking into the air. So why don't you go get that, Ryan, yeah. and, and I'll keep talking. Yeah, so Ryan and I, we started um, uh, Halo 4 a couple months ago, and now we're kind of just playing through each of the Halo games on Legendary. Alec, I'm not sure if you... I, mean, I know you had an Xbox. I'm not sure if you played much of the Halo games over the years. Yeah, so in college, uh, actually, in late in high school, I got a friend of mine just gave me Halo on the PC. Oh, nice. Um, the original, you just... Oh, here you go. Nice. Yeah, they're, they're uh, such yeah I, great... I love Halo. Yeah, they're such great couch co-op games, and um, just the whole legendary play style of like, hey, 
you stay back. I'm going to go in guns a blazing and kamikaze myself, and then I'll respawn, and you can do the same. It's just a fun back and forth type thing. Yeah, so that reminds me of, uh, I, I was over at a friend's house one time, and they had like a LAN party. Um, and a bunch of the guys, you know, kind of party dissipated a little bit, but me and one of the other guys was like, hey, let's just let's just start playing Halo 3 on Legendary. Like, why not? We're here. We might as well. Oh, yeah. So we we got going and um, we got like probably maybe a decent, maybe a fifth through the game or something uh, to the point where we had our method of uh, letting each other know. It was like uh, we'd just be like, yo, 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 back the F up. <laughs> Basically, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah like that was and we just would say that repeatedly when there were enemies ahead of us. So, uh, eventually, uh we were because we were we weren't in our in any of our houses. We were at a friend's at like a mutual friend's house, and so like at one point there was somebody that came came down the stairs. Was like so he's like uh, yeah you know what do you, what do you guys think you're think you're uh, gonna be going home? And I was like <laughs> oh you know oh, yeah probably like probably pretty soon. Like what what time is it? And he's like it's uh, it's two thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah. and I was like we are leaving. Yeah, uh, I'm really sorry about that. You lose track <laughs> of time playing that game. I mean it's like it yeah it's so good it's so good. It, yeah, it really is. I love I love all of the Halo games. Um, ODST, I think, yes. is, is, has one of the best narratives. Um, I like Reach a lot, too. Um, Reach is phenomenal. I, I, yeah. never got, I never got, like, super into the, the like, ciliary materials. I have friends that did. Um, I think the story in the games itself is sufficient. Um, I've always really enjoyed... Uh, I like science fiction in general, anyways. Um, gr- growing up as a huge Star Trek, Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like, I like science, science fiction. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but you're in good uh, company. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I remember just really enjoying Halo four. Halo four is the one where the, the plot doesn't really make as much sense as I would like, because basically the entire backstory of the villain is explained in a book. So, yeah. and there's very little that's actually explained in game and it's like, Oh, okay. That's not the way it used to be. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like mostly but. it's about Cortana being corrupted, and then yeah, that's sacrifice. that's the interesting part of that story. That's the that's that's the drama of Halo Four is the is the Master Chief and Cortana relationship. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what makes that one a lot more memorable to, memorable to me than the actual overarching plot. Yeah. But. Yeah. And then Halo Five, I don't remember the plot of that. That's like where the I, other I never Spartan played it. Game? Okay. Yeah, I never. It played. wasn't a couch co-op game, so yeah, they, it was they, only no, online. Literally, I don't think you could. <laughs> no, it, you can't, and it sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember any of that. I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with the next Halo. Yeah, they've been really ho hum about it. I mean, we saw a very general trailer where it was like Master Chief was walking forward and holding his helmet or whatever. Yeah. And they just said Halo Infinite. Um, I, I don't know if this is a complete reimagining or reboot of the series, or if this is a continuation of the events of Five. But there was there was another trailer that released. Um, oh, was there back when they announced? Yeah, back when they announced it was going to be a Series X. Yeah, it was the one um, in the ship, right? Yeah, that's a great trailer. Oh, maybe I did yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah, that's a, uh, because it tells a little a little science fiction story right there about this guy who has like been stranded for like what seems like over months at the very least possibly close to a year okay um because he, he's always been watching the same footage of his family and then like it does this amazing thing where like it it zooms in on that and then it goes back to him and he's got like this huge beard and he's all like grizzled hmm. um and and like the, it's yeah it's a good really good trailer um 
because then it, you know, Master Chief gets, you know, he basically bumps into the craft because it's floating adrift, and then you know he gets he basically turns him and Master Chief is almost like reverted to like original Chief. Like he's just like, what's the mission? Nice like status report. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it seem it does seem continuing with five because there's still a lot of Cortana says something in the trailer, so it's clearly still continuing from five. Um okay. but uh but yeah, I, I think they're I'm I'm hoping that they're they're trying to go back to more to basics in terms of uh terms of their presentation and everything. So Yeah, I mean I'm excited. I mean we'll we'll get into the uh the next gen here soon, but um I'm definitely beginning to be potentially sold on the Series X, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so in terms of like the rest, the last two weeks and what I did, didn't play a ton of games. I ended up um, finishing Uncharted two and three. Um, on, on oh okay, I didn't really play wow. a lot of games. I finished two <laughs> full fucking games. <laughs> well, <laughs> are you kidding me? Wow. Okay. Well, what is okay. your so criteria of not playing a lot. Well, I, you know, typically my every two weeks is five games for me. So, you know, I, I was a little down on my quota the, these past two weeks. Yeah, but. I read zero books last year. I plan on zero books this year. Two games to five games a week. Yeah, that's what, that's what Russell yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, get at me. Um, yeah, so I guess that was a poorly phrased uh, sentence. But anyways, yes. I did finish Uncharted 2 and 3 on hard difficulty. Got all of the treasures there's still some unique trophies with the game that I haven't been able to get. One of them I will definitely never get on three because even on hard, there's one section in the later parts of the game that was just infuriatingly challenging mm -hmm. um, just because there's just so many dudes and you were just dying so quick. There wasn't enough cover. Um, but one of the trophies I'm getting at is, is on crushing difficulty, which is the difficulty obviously above hard. Yeah. There's no way I'm playing through the game on that. So is hard worth playing? Because I think I played on medium. I honestly think those games should always be played on hard. Okay. Because you can actually play on Explorer difficulty, which you don't get any trophies, easy, medium, and hard. And I think hard, like, I, I still feel like medium at this point, going back to that would just feel like I was just going through the motions. Okay. I, th I would say if you're looking for all of the treasures, play on easy, because at that point you can just steamroll through the game. And some of the trophies too, like there's one trophy where you have to get 75 kills without dying. That was pretty challenging to get on hard difficulty just yeah. because there's some chapters of the game where there's no enemies at all. So remembering when was the last time I died, I don't really remember. Um, so not dying for 75 enemy kills is, is kind of difficult. Okay. Uh, and then there's three trophies across the first three games where you have to beat certain chapters in an, a specific period of time. So it could say beat chapter five within or under five minutes. And on hard difficulty, again, that's more challenging because it's just naturally more difficult. Yeah. Um, so if you're going for trophies, I would say you almost need to, well, you obviously need to play the game at least a couple of different times because um, I guess if you beat it on crushing, you're going to get all the trophies for hard, medium, and easy. But yeah, that just doesn't sound fun. Yeah, no. So um, I, I love the Uncharted games. Again, it's like, it's almost for me going back and binging Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter just because the stories are so compelling and the, the character development. I don't want to say it's unrivaled in games, but certainly like action games. Mm -hmm. I would say it's unrivaled action adventure games. Um, I, Alec, I have to pick your brain on this because I don't think you or Zach have played the Uncharted games. No, I, I haven't played any. Um, 
my uh <clears throat> my I've have I think the first three I I picked up all separately on PS3. Okay. Um, I I bought the uh the the Drake collection for my ex's brother for his birthday one year. Okay. That's kind of weird to think. That's kind of weird to think about. Yeah. Um, the yeah. <laughs> um, but I've never played any of them. I I want. I've seen people play a little bit of the first one. Okay. Um. And uh, da, 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 da. my cousin speaks really, really highly of four. It's one of his favorite games ever. I mean, um, yeah, I, I agree so. entirely. But you you can't play four unless obviously you've played yeah. one through three just because. Yeah. Seeing I mean, literally at the very outset of the game, Nate and uh, Elena's relationship when they're on this ship and Elena's kind of shooting this footage for this this show that she's a part of. And Nate obviously is just has his own um, agenda in terms of that trip but seeing that and then how that progresses over two and three and eventually four when they're together spoiler alert um it's just so special and i i'm so excited for the day when you and zach eventually play those games if you end up doing so because i would love to hear you talk about this game especially because i just i think you would just it, it would become one of your favorite series of all times i, I truly believe that yeah. I, I, I honestly, I believe you. Um, I especially because I love basically the entire voice cast. I, I know so all, like good. all of them and all the work that they've done. Yeah, and I, I love them and everything. So like I, I already know because I watched um, Nolan North and Troy Baker have a have a YouTube Let's Play channel. Oh, do they? Have and that? I yes, and I watched the, recently. They went through. I think they've gone through Uncharted one, two, maybe three, and they just recently did The Last of Us. Oh wow! Um, and uh, yeah, yeah um, and they have like guests on and stuff. So like it, for the Last of Us, they had um, like they, they had Ashley Johnson come in for, yeah, for an episode, I think. And um, but yeah, um, I I know I'm certain having like because I watched the first episode of their Uncharted One playthrough, and just them talking about it, I was just like, oh man, this this is because hearing hearing Nolan North talk talk about like you know, starting out in, you know, it's kind of a new frontier in terms of what Naughty Dog was doing with the series. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I know, I know I'm going to get sucked in, especially because I love, you know, like Indiana Jones type stuff. And exactly. I know it's, it's that. inspired by that for mm -hmm. sure. So, um, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the day you play. It'll definitely be um, fun to hear you talk about it. But uh, so, yeah, I ended up starting four, but Having played three Uncharted games in the past month, I was kind of like, I need a break from that. Yeah, and then yeah, I kind of a lot. That's a <laughs> it, yeah. It it was definitely a lot of Uncharted, but I was just on a roll and I couldn't stop. So, and plus, since Lauren's been studying for her master's, it's a great excuse to kind of power through games and other forms of media, just because she works longer hours than I do. And when she comes home, she studies until like nine o'clock and passes out. So. Um, sucks for our marriage, but it, yeah, it's like zero relationship yeah. time. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say. I was gonna say spousal neglect. Yeah, exactly. But uh, she's the dog. <laughs> yeah, at least I have Scoob. Scoob's the loyal one in this relationship. Um, but anyways, so I, I kind of just like hit a wall of video game burnout after that because I kind of like looked at my shelf and was kind of like, I know I should be playing Super Mario Odyssey for the gentleman's challenge, but it just wasn't quite in the mood. So. What I ended up doing, and I talked about this a few weeks ago, I'd ordered all of the seasons of Lost, and I'd been just kind of casually watching it. Well, 
I went from casually to hardcore binging because over yeah. the past two weeks, I finished all of season one, all of season two, and I only had like three or four episodes in season three left. Um, now, keep in mind, there's six seasons here. This is my fourth rewatch of the entire series. Really? That many? Yeah. So I watched, I was one of the, um, I feel so privileged to have watched this series when it aired on TV. I distinctly remember watching the pilot episode when it aired on ABC back in 2004, whatever year it was. I don't even remember at this point. Um, However, it was the most excruciating wait week to week for any show I've ever I was going to say, I'd lose my shit. Ever watched because, listen, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, name a show out there that, you know, week to week you watch. And I I cannot think of a show that does it better where each, at the end of each episode, it feels like it could have been a, a, a season finale. Yeah. As far as the cliffhanger and it leaves you like wanting more like, oh my goodness, I can't not watch the next episode right now. And Lost does that with just about every episode. If not Cliffhanger, you're still just so sucked in and engrossed in this this island and the characters. And I'm going to make a few very seemingly hyperbolic statements here with this show. I think for the many, many dozens, potentially hundreds of shows that I've watched over my 26 years of existence, I think Lost has the single best two, what's a two-parter pilot episode of any show I've ever seen. In terms of the first two episodes of Lost, where all these characters have been, you know, they crash land onto this island, they have no idea what's going on, and just the sheer chaos of it all, I was so invested, obviously, when I first watched it, but even this my fourth time watching it, mm-hmm. so invested. Wow. I think I think the pilot wow. episode sucks you That's in a lot of times. so, so well that I, I don't know how someone could watch both pilot episodes and just think, Nah, I don't think this is for me. Yeah. No, I re mm. so I just finished season one and I'm waiting for Lauren to get her ass going on season two because she has one disc left. Get, cut her some slack. She's has a you know, she's doing I master. have my masters. Lost is far more important. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just watching the first episode again, I was surprised and I didn't remember how much happened in episode one. It's packed, jam-packed. Because you have the initial crash and then there's like, they establish every character and not in a rushed way, no. but in a, oh, okay, that seems like that could be a problem. Or, oh, that seems like a cool character or, oh shit, this guy's on the island too kind of thing. It's very purposeful and like each, the screen time they give for each character it's, you know, having seen the show four times, this is my fourth time now, like, I know things, obviously, they're going to happen later on. And the screen time they give those characters, it's almost like they're just starting to unveil, unveil the curtain a little bit for that character mm-hmm. and give you just enough story where you're like, okay, they're definitely going to double click into that later on. And they do. Everything they do in this show, um, and, and little story bits that they reveal while they're on the island, there's this unique thing where they obviously go, they do flashbacks to this character's life before the island. Yeah, and all of those story developments with each of these characters, which let's be honest, is a monumental task that they were able to do it because for as many characters as there are in this show, they they spend so much time developing each and every one of them. And if you go on Wikipedia and look at the episode um, uh, library or the library of episodes per season, 
there's a column for each that shows which which character they're going to hone in on for that episode. And that's what I love about the show is that each episode really is dedicated to one specific character. Yeah. But they're also still interacting with the rest of the characters on the island. It's not like it's just like, oh, we're only going to see Jack in this episode. It's like, no, Jack is still doing his thing on the island, but they're going to like tie it together so well to also have payoffs for what happened in the past. Yeah, you're understanding why in the present he's making the decisions he's making based off of the flashbacks in the past of that episode. Mm-hmm. So like he, the character of like the large guy, Hurley, like he's reacting the way he is in the current mission he's on while you're going into the flashback of his past in real life mm-hmm. or not on the island. So... Yeah, and I will say too, Alex, something that you would love, uh, and I do want to actually ask you too, like your experience watching the show, if at all, um, one of my favorite things about the show is just the music, because it's it's really pretty simple, but like, the sound effects tied with the very emotionally moving music that's oftentimes mostly just light piano, but it really stirs your emotions to the point like, I've teared up at least three to five times at this point in my rewatch and I'm near the end of season three and there's six, six seasons altogether. I mean, certainly the character dialogue is starts to kind of like get the tear ducts ready. But then when the music starts playing, it's just like, all right, waterworks for days. Like it's just, it's, it's really pretty, pretty special. Yeah. There's one big one at the end of like towards the end of season one between two characters that they build up over a few episodes, and you're like, I wonder if this is actually going to happen as they're going into the characters' backstories. And then when it does, you're like, yes. Yeah. I'm so glad that happened. Yeah. So I just want to play a little piece. This is, it's a long song, and it, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't really pick up at, at any given moment, but I'll just play a little piece of it, Alec, uh, for you just to kind of, to get your feet wet into the, the music of Michael Giacchino. I'd actually Michael Giacchino. Yeah. Giacchino. Okay. I'm not really familiar with I'm, him. I'm very, I'm, very fami- I'm very familiar with him. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> perfect. All right. So listen to this little tidbit here uh, from Lost. So it's just that light piano kind of on loop. Um, typically during the end with of that... Ep- the strings, with the strings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so beautiful. And it, typically that music plays towards like the end of episodes where it's just a montage of all the characters on the island and kind of where they're at, how they're coming to grips with the reality they find themselves in. And it plays over the course of many episodes. Yeah. Um, but that's just a taste of what you could expect from like just the series in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just like he's sir. Um, I, he's uh, <clears throat> funnily enough, his background goes. Uh, he scored video games for a while. Um, Did he? You may be familiar with Medal of Honor. 
Oh, no uh, way! Like Rising yes, Sun and Frontline? He, yes. Oh my he did, he did gosh. He did, middle, he did all of them. He did uh, from from that up through, I think, Frontline. I don't, don't think he did... He might have done Rising Sun, I don't remember, but he did the PC ones, the PC versions. Um, he did the first game on PS1, Underground, Frontline, and then I think whatever the... There was a couple of PC ones that he did as well. And... Um, yeah, oh, uh, those soundtracks. Frontline are is one of Frontline is one of my favorite soundtracks in games. It's such a beautiful. Oh, I soundtrack agree. In general, I mean, it's basically um, Saving Private Ryan the game. So yeah, I mean, both. I mean, the first one and Frontline are yeah, basically are. Um, the um, which is funny because like the the huge, the big Saving Private Ryan moment of the game isn't scored at all, which is you know the the beach the D Day yep. scene. Yeah. There's no, there's no score there, but, um, oh yeah, man, I need to go back and listen to that soundtrack now that I'm thinking about it, but, That's awesome. um, he did that, his, his first foray into film <clears throat> was a little film called The Incredibles. Really? Um, yes. Um, and, uh, he, he really got a much bigger break, uh, when it came to, uh, I think it was two movies in the same summer and that was Star Trek 2009. Oh, wow. And and up real oh my goodness wow, wow. yeah um, he really knows how to make people cry he, yeah <laughs> yes he does um that, that that piano that was probably him playing it just it might not be but my guess is it, it i wouldn't be surprised if it was um um well i'm not surprised but, that he did oh go ahead go ahead i don't want to interrupt you yeah, no, he's just he's just a very talented talented composer. Um I, I've liked basically every film score he, he's done. Um the uh the Doctor Strange, he did that as well. Um oh, wow. which it's funny because you can actually compare the main theme to Doctor Strange is actually fairly similar to the main theme the the like the new trek theme. The bum bum ba dum bum ba the the Doctor Strange theme is actually kind of similar to that. Okay. It's sort of funny, but um, well, it's interesting that he yeah, um, he did the the Star Trek 2009 score because J.J. Abrams actually was largely responsible for the creation of Lost, and he directed the pilot episode, the two parter, and yes. so he probably he's, had a he's, hand. He's, in... They're they're good friends. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, um, because also um, Giacchino did. There wasn't a score to Cloverfield, but there was a theme at the end credits that he did. Okay. Interesting. That was a J.J. Abrams joint too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> to, to use the Spike Lee uh, phrasing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm not sure how much of Lost you have watched, Alec. But it, and this is where I'm so, not sure about yet. And I'll make this one statement, and I definitely want to hear what you, you're going to say here. Um, I, I'm only through almost season three. It's it's really seasons five and six where they get really into obscure mythology and religion and just. Really, they go into some weird. They take some weird turns, to say the very least. I, the first three seasons are just brilliant, but I think right now it's moving, creeping into like the number one spot for my favorite TV show. Mm. And I would say right now, like that's if I have to think about my favorite TV shows, like Breaking Bad and Haunting of Hill House are like really up there. Um, I'm trying to think of other television shows that are like really up there for me. Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game so, of Thrones really kind of soured my taste with the like the last season. Um, I mean, obviously, I was fine with the conclusion, but the getting there in six episodes was just 
rushed, rushed as we've talked about a dozen times over here. Um, but I mean, Breaking Bad is just amazing. I mean, just phenomenal television. And they had a story and they had a clear timeline of what they wanted to tell and, and they told it in that timeline um, and there was no fluff. Um, and so I, I can appreciate that. And, and uh, Haunting a Hill House is just brilliant. I mean, that's just one of the best shows I've ever seen in the past several years. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to see Haunting, what they do with Haunting of Bly Manor. But, um, okay, I, I've talked enough. I've rattled long enough about Lost. But Alec, what is your, what is your history with this, this, the show? So Lost, the only experience I have with Lost um, is remembering people talk, talking about it in high school. Yep. In, in, in vagities. I, w- I will say that's not even a word, but I just made it up. Uh, vague, uh, just people talking about it. Um, but also in vacation in 2006, I believe. Um, and the reason I remember this is because my it was the my nephew wasn't wasn't even one year old yet, um, and my brother and sister in law were going through Lost at the time, and this was back when Netflix. Um, sent discs in the mail instead of streaming. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about and that. And they had the they had the whole season of like one and two, I think. So they um so we watched through they they were already like basically finished season one. So I think we started in the beginning of season two watching it with them. Okay. We watched maybe Man, I don't know how many episodes, probably six or seven. Okay. Um I remember loving it. I remember really loving it. Um, and I just, for some reason, just never, I think it was because we missed the first season. We saw part of the second season. We just never, you know, we never got into it. And, and I think because they were already through, I, I feel like season five was starting that year. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. It all depends on when it, when it was, but like, I can't remember 2006 where it was in the lost <laughs> release order, but um yeah, I think it was just we just never got into it for whatever reason after that, and um, and that was that to me is still like some of the only experience I've had with it. My my brother obviously finished it. He he seems to really still really speak fairly highly of it. I mean, he does think that it, it sort of goes off the deep end a little bit towards the end of the show, yeah. which is a shared opinion with a lot of people. But he's he does seem to think that ultimately the the conclusion was fine, like not necessarily that it's like spectacular or amazing but that the fact that it has a mostly satisfying conclusion yeah i would agree again seasons five and six get a little weird um i feel like the final episode it it really ties a nice knot on the show and whatever stock you put into ign reviews i i don't put a whole lot of stock they gave last jedi like a 9.4 and then they gave we're not going to get into it, but they, they yeah, they, <laughs> I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in their yeah, review seven, scores. 7.5, 7. too much water. Yeah, 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 exactly. Get out of here with Omega Ruby and Alpha, uh, Alpha Sapphire. Uh, what, the best Pokemon games? <laughs> they they gave it a 7.5 and the reviewer got a lot of flack because she said there's basically just too much water. You're using Surf too much. What an asshole. Yeah. We should burn yeah. down the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. But anyways, they gave the final episode of Lost a 10 out of 10. They said it was a masterpiece. So, I, I, don't, I don't know if I, I'd go there because it's been four or five years since I've seen the final episode. And um, I, I need to, to get to that point with, with the characters and the story and everything before I can make uh, 
a definitive statement that it is a masterpiece, but um, I do remember being very satisfied with the conclusion. But again, with a show like Lost, they they raised so many questions over its six seasons that naturally they never could have answered all of them. But I I, I feel like they did a good enough job. Yeah. Uh, and, and I can't wait to watch more. And I, and I hope, Alec, you f- can find a way to watch it. I, I, it's on Hulu right now. Um, the only thing with Hulu, if you don't have the, the no-ad version, is that obviously... It's as if you were watching it on television where there are ads like every 10 to 12 minutes, which is is bothersome in a show like Lost because even breaks in the show, like what commercial breaks would have been, even those mm-hmm. instances, it's like excruciating to have to wait for it to pick back up. Yeah, and they're long ads yeah. for some of them. Yeah. Some of them get up to like a minute long. Yeah. Well, no, some of them are like three minutes. You know, Or that of- one guy trying to sell you soap and he's like... Are you a man? Are you a mommy's man or whatever? And he's like trying to sell you like Sasquatch soap. And he's just like diminishing your self-esteem. I was like, fuck this guy on YouTube. Like, I don't know like what I clicked on to have him and like pop-up blockers be my only things that like the only ads I see on YouTube. But it pisses me off. Well, did you buy Sasquatch soap? No. But he's like keeping selling. He's like, are you mommy's little man? Like, that's, like, burned into my head. I was like, what a tool. I don't even know, like, why start an ad like that? It's, like, a three-minute ad. Hmm. And they'd, like, go around in Los Angeles, like, hey, I would love if my man smelled like this soap. And it's like, oh, God, fuck. Just, I want to get back to Lost or, like, something <laughs> happy that isn't, like, diminishing my manliness. Hey, oh, hey, enough man, I, got, I, got t- I got weird targeted ads to soap, too. And, in fact, I, I, uh, I actually, like, went in for it I, I that's how i get my soap is i i order it from basically it's like you you answer a bunch of questions about like what are what are you uh you know what's your what's your skin type like and uh you know what are the type of things you enjoy? and then they like craft a scent around this that's actually um, kind of unique and, they, and then they do the same thing with cologne so i have two different ah. types of cologne that i thankfully last weekend i was i was with i was with my friend josh and uh a friend of mine th- through the through him, she was like, "Okay, whoever smells really good right now, thank you." I was like, "Thank you very much." That's the first compliment I've gotten about this. So, I was nice. Like, hey, yeah, very nice. <clears throat> so, so there, so yeah, there you go. You know, it's a, it, it's, it's may, maybe it's not all a scam, except this thing that like, I don't the Sasquatch. That sounds a little weird to me. Yeah, yeah, I I might. Which wait, what where do you order soap from? <laughs> I get I just get dove. <laughs> I want to smoke good. So mine is, <laughs> what was it called? Crap, uh, crap, what's it called? Uh-oh. All right, I'm looking this up. Yeah, we need to really find out this gaming podcast has now become a soap ad. For. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to know. Um, I'm going to get some cologne. Yeah, cuz I just use diesel cologne occasionally. Diesel diesel, diesel you just pour, pour fuel yeah, over your you body. Know. I mean, it's only like three dollars a gallon, so you might as well just go get a gallon and Jeez. store it in your apartment. Uh, Hawthorne, Hawthorne is what it's called. Hawthorne. I'm gonna Google that shit yeah. later. Like yeah, it. it's. I, I like it. It's good. It sounds like a so, Harry Potter um, because house. you can get it. Uh, because you can get it with. Um, I mean, because you have. De- you, I get deodorant, uh, soap, and body wash, and I think they started doing shampoo and conditioner now too. But I, I I'm like, eh. So are you, you know, a body is, wash kind of guy, or are you like a normal like soap and like a towel? Uh, soap and loofah? Both. Yeah, like a loofah both. thing. So so I, in normally taking showers, I usually use body wash, but okay. like 
This is this is this is getting me strange. <laughs> I, um, I was like just, just thinking. Uh, I was like, we went from Final <laughs> Fantasy to Lost to like, dude, what do you rub your body down with? So describe your technique, Alec. How do you rub your body wash all over you? <laughs> no, but um, but uh, in the summer, I take a shower in the morning. And that's when I usually do do the body wash, and then when I get home. Okay. I usually use use like the actual soap stuff because I want to like really clean down that way. So use use soap and that and their soap comes with like you know it's got like a bunch of like exfoliation stuff in it too. So it's it's good for getting that dirt out. So little did yeah. you know we're sponsored by Hathorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hashtag. we're shitting on the competition. <laughs> yeah, with Sasquatch. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Well, so yeah. What are your showering habits, Rusty? I don't shower actually. Oh, cool. <laughs> Makes sense why you went through two Uncharted games and three seasons of Lost in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, hygiene isn't a priority in my life. But yeah, especially when it takes fifteen minutes, and that's Lost time. Exactly. I get Literally, Lost time. A quarter of an episode. Yeah, yeah. that's Lost time. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna get off my soapbox about Lost. Everyone should be soapbox. watching that show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, the puns are all over the place today. Oh man! But um, but yeah. So Lost and Uncharted were the the bulk of my week, and then yesterday I got the inkling to want to play Oblivion. So I am diving back into the world of Tamriel uh, on the Xbox 360. I created my character this morning, and uh, yeah, it's just one of the greatest openings to a video game that I can remember, and it's certainly I can appreciate. Oblivion far more than Skyrim because I feel like the opening to Skyrim in hindsight is really not all that great. No. You know, when you look at a game like when a game's big, not biggest selling point, but one of its biggest back of the box selling points is the world that you're going to be able to explore and how big it is. You look at games like Breath of the Wild, Skyrim, Oblivion, Fallouts, all those types of open world games. I feel like Breath of the Wild does it best and Oblivion does it best where you come out of this very enclosed area. And then you're introduced to this gargantuan world that's so full of life and color that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to explore this place every nook and cranny. Whereas like in Skyrim, it's like you're in this nasty old grimy town. A dragon comes in. You go through this underground dungeon and then you walk out with this dude and he's just like, hey, catch you later, man. And then you're just, your view's distorted with all these trees and stuff because you're like in this forested area. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to walk down this hill to actually see far out into the world. Like, oh, yeah, there's actually a pretty decently large world here. Whereas Oblivion, if you've ever played it, you're in in this locked in this cell. And then you go through these sewers and you walk out of the sewers and you're introduced to this highly saturated world. But you just it's just so full of life. There's like a little butterfly by the water. You hear the birds chirping. The water effects for that time were incredible. And just the mere draw distances were just so incredible mind-boggling at the time and i would say even today even though the characters look dopey there's like five people voicing all the characters it is highly saturated the grass looks neon whatever it's still very pretty impressive and i'm i'm looking forward to i mean after i edit this podcast this afternoon i'm diving right back in so yeah i mean i would say that opening city one it's huge you got the tower behind you Mm -hmm. um and like walking up to Skyrim, you just see Riverwood, which is a cool like environmental town. But like when you end up going to was it Windhelm? Maybe the first town that or like White you, Run. It opened or 
I think it's White, White Run. Run. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think White Run's the first town. Yeah. So like it opens up and you have that field and then White Run. It's not as glamorous or as spectacular as the beginning of Oblivion. Yeah. Plus, Oblivion gates were awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Did you, I know you're not a big fan of the Elder Scrolls like games, Alec? Are you? No, I've never been. I've never really gotten too into them um, for whatever reason. Uh, I I can't I can't put my finger on it honestly because um, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot to like about it. I love Western fantasy in general, but it's just I don't know. I don't know if it's like I just I again I can't. I I think part of it is probably like me keeping myself from getting into yet another thing that I'll get addicted to. Yeah. Or I, part of it's that. Part of it is just like uh, it's just like. I, I don't know. There's just something about it that's that doesn't just immediately draw me in. I I like listening to people talk about it. I like watching people play it, but I, I've just never been like overly drawn to it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the greatest thing about uh, Oblivion is the jankiness, almost like the new Star Wars game. Because yeah. like going back, you're like, if you jump on an object, you can actually hover on it. Yeah. Like especially in the like arena, there's that gate, and you can just like float back and forth. Well, I think there's a way to. Um farm your one of your like maybe your sneak skill or something like that in oblivion there's a this corner in the arena like that little area in the basement mm-hmm. when you go down there you can jump on this ledge and if you uh if you crouch and just move forward a certain direction i know you can like upgrade one of your skills okay yeah and there's also ways to duplicate everything and i'll have to show you that because like you get this guy with like neon he's basically a super saiyan except he's annoying as shit once you beat the arena, and he's like your, he's your groupie. He's like, let's follow you around, and then like you can put him in your little house outside of the main castle. Mm-hmm. You're like in the shit shack, mm-hmm. and then you just go in there and duplicate water or duplicate, duplicate, duplicate watermelons, and you just fill up this house and drown him in watermelons. <laughs> so like you just so like the way the dupe. If I had a nickel, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every time I did that. Like, you switch out your arrows, and you can duplicate arrows, and the number of arrows you have that you shoot the specific item duplicates that number of times. So, like, you hit a watermelon, and then your game just stops for, like, 10 to 20 seconds. And then all of a sudden, like, a singular watermelon has little, like, crests of, like, a thousand other watermelons. And then it slowly just explodes. And this dude's like, hey... Hey, can I follow you around still? And he's like slowly sinking and being dissolved into these watermelons. You're like, yeah, I love this game. <laughs> nice. I'll have to do that. I'll have to do that. But uh, but yeah, so this afternoon, Lauren and I don't really have any plans. So definitely going to be hopping back into Oblivion. But I don't want to rule the conversation about my two weeks. What have you guys been up to, Ryan? Any, any games you've been playing besides Pokemon? <laughs> well, I've been playing Sekiro a little bit. Uh, mostly Lost. Um, I don't really play a ton of video games after work because I'm generally exhausted. So by, I go work, gym, and then home. It's like YouTube videos are lost this week. Um, so I watched all season one. I'm going to get season two today from you mm-hmm. or from Lauren. Um, I mean, I can just keep the sixth disc for Lauren and you can just take the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, I might do that. Um, so I played Sekiro. I have all skills, which is a trophy. I have all skills except for four. So I have like a main one on one tree and then basically just upgrading the final skills of the tree. 
Um, so that'll take a lot of grinding, but it's a good mindless walk. Um, and then Pokemon, I uh, a huge achievement. I'm over 600 now. Nice. Um, which is crazy oh, hey. to think. Unique shinies. Yeah, 600 crazy. unique shinies, which is nuts. Um, I also. Did you talk to Karen about this? Karen? Yeah, your therapist. <laughs> My HR person, too. <laughs> um, I also got. So I hit uh, over 600 last week, and I'm up to 627. Yikes. So it also means that I am less than 100 to go. Because 620 is, like, 720 is the max, and 620 is 100 from that. So I'm now at 93 to go. (laughs) (laughs) Math is hard. Um, So less than 100, which is even more nuts. Um, So, yeah, just grinding it out. Good stuff. It's a good time. I I am excited for it to be done. I I am, too. Uh, This whole podcast. (laughs) Yeah, what are you going to do? You'll have holes. Yeah, I Ben, the person who freaking started me on this nut crazy journey, he's like, dude, what are you gonna do after that? Just the same question. Retire. And he's like, dude, you should go for a second Chinese decks. And I was like, how about you go screw yourself? I will seriously cut <laughs> your I, throat, Ryan. I was like, he's like, that or old school RuneScape. And I was like, no. I'm probably gonna pick up painting again. Yeah, something that's gonna like actually that, that, Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably work on that Tron painting. You should. Um yeah. but the the whole process of going through the entire decks now is i timed it yesterday before we went out it's 28 minutes so it's significantly shorter than what it used to be mm-hmm. so it's a quick 28 minutes a day just checking it out as i watch youtube videos it's good about the coronavirus yeah it's spreading quick man i'm excited i really want the coronavirus to be honest but what is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so, like, my thought He's process... immune is, system, he'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that and, like, I don't know. So, say it becomes a huge pandemic, like, a third of the world's population dies, and I'll be like, hey, guys, like, my great-grandkids in, like, 40 years, I remember the plague. You're assuming that you're going to survive and it's not going to take your life. Yeah, but, like, the death rate for my demographics, like, pretty low. It, it, it's not deadly enough to to kill that many people. I yeah. mean, I know the I know, I know like the CDC is saying it's like three point two percent mortality rate or whatever, but it's like but they there's no to me it doesn't make any sense because there's no way that they actually know how many people have it. Yeah. Because there's much of it that's undetectable. Like there are people that quote unquote have it but don't have any symptoms at yeah. all. Well you went so to it's you like, went to PAX, right? I mean you're good. I did, yeah. I'm fine. I haven't come down with anything yet, so you know, I, I'm, I'm all good. I'm all set. I mean, I do have a healthy immune system. I maybe I got it. I don't know. I, I tend to Just think that host. I practice pretty good hygiene. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, though, one of the towns very close to me uh, has one of the one cases in New Hampshire. Oh, really? Uh, and I mean, I, I mean, I'm like going in and out of homes of people all day, and I was in, I was in that town just yesterday so you know going into houses and stuff so because uh, uh, apparently your podcast yeah. is very popular with the uh, pest control people uh it is yeah well so, see yeah. i didn't want to have it so <laughs> last last week we could have recorded an episode with just ryan and i but i'm like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to have two people in the pest control business back-to-back episodes we can't yeah. not do this <laughs> so had it's to really interesting i thought it was thought it was funny it's like 
two you have uh, you have pest control guys it's your uh, <laughs> that's your main demographic it is yeah it we is. are specific i mean like we should actually do a segment on pest control just to like widen the audiences i mean usually <laughs> like youtube videos for like video games are like young teenage boys and we got like mid-20s pest control and we're like all right cool let's own this shit i like it <laughs> i'm okay with it i'm okay with it um so i, I definitely want to get into the main topic of the show pretty wait, wait, soon wait. here did, did he tell us but yeah, i was gonna say i, I want alec to tell us oh. what he's been up to the past couple weeks what have you been playing alec yes so um uh if uh, yeah, uh final fantasy 7 remake demo came out uh, so okay i'm so I did not play it. I didn't watch any of the trailer footage or anything because I want to kind of stay as far removed of it as I can until I play it myself. But please, what are your thoughts? Because I know you're, you've played the original far more than I have, probably to completion, considering your your uh, your avatar is Aerith, right? Yes, okay. I love her. To quote to quote Tim Rogers' uh, amazing series, I'll get into that in a little bit too. Uh, now that I'm mentioning it, but. Um, yeah, so, uh, big, big fan of Final Fantasy VII. I mean, I love, I played that in college, uh, also, um, blew my mind because some of the, some of the plot twists, there's one, obviously the big one. I don't know it, so uh, don't tell me. Yeah. I know nothing I about the plot. Okay. So the, the big one, which I won't say, <laughs> okay. I knew that. I, was like... I mean, I just, I just, I just knew through the zeitgeist, but the, there were some other ones towards the end of the game that I did not know about. And this is coming from somebody that watched Advent Children. So I watched oh, the okay. sequel to this to the game and I didn't know about some of these plots. And it blew my mind at how like I was like, how did I not have this game spoiled? And I was I was so happy that I didn't because it's some of them are just absolutely this great story. It's a great story. Um okay. but yeah, um, so when I went to PAX, uh, I actually get to play the demo there. Um, so he here's the thing. The demo that's released on the PlayStation Store right now is a different demo. Um, it's it's actually a longer demo than the hmm. one I got to play at PAX. The one I played at PAX was literally just the interior of one room of the reactor of the okay. first uh, mission of the game. And the demo is, I think, parts if not most of the first chapter of the game. And it's about an hour long, um, the demo. I say like 40 minutes to an hour long is how much you'd, you could spend on it. Um, I, I actually need to go back and replay it again. I, I do want to play it a couple more times just to kind of get that, um, get the whole feel for it. Um, because they give you like three different options in terms of what you can do with the battle uh, mechanics and the battle system. Mm -hmm. um, but the PAX demo was definitely of an earlier build of the game. Uh, I really enjoyed the PAX demo when I when I played it, and I, I had a good time. I thought it was great. Um, I did think it felt a little stiff, but I was like, yeah, it's probably something that they're, they're, they're already working on, so they've worked out. And sure enough, uh, after playing the playing the PSN demo, it's like, okay, this is clearly, clearly a later build of the game, and it feels just that much better. Really? Um, like, I, I don't know how much time was in between, uh, when those both of the demos, but yeah, they um, the game feels just really really fun to play. I I really love the the demo and what they have on display. The presentation of the game is just like triple A of triple A. It's like the game looks 
just stunning. Does it almost um, look as if you're playing like a next gen game? Graphically? No. Practically. Practically. The um, first trailer is amazing. Like mm-hmm. the first cutscene. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, it's just stunning. Like the, it really is. Um the 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 combat is like the the best blend of Final Fantasy 13 and Final Fantasy 15's combat. Oh my gosh, give me that right now. <laughs> yes, it's kind of so good. Too. And I knew when they I knew when they showed it off at E3 last year, I was like, I'm sold. They this is perfect. This is exactly what you want because it gives you I know there were complaints about agency in terms of both. I've mentioned that already on this podcast, but so 13 feels like I know people's criticism of that feels like you're just pressing X the whole time, hitting all back. Yeah, with try 15, fighting it was Barthandalus like just... with that strategy. Oh, what was that? I said try fighting Barthandalus with that strategy. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, the criticism of 15 was that you're just holding down X or or triangle to like dodge and, and uh, do the, the strike thing. I don't remember what it's called, but um, you're, either, you're just doing that the whole time or holding down uh, square to dodge. Uh, this game, if you, you do anything like that, you're going to just die. Um, it does not pull punches in combat. The, the boss fight, which is the first boss in the game, uh, I mean, you have to be careful because like, it does a lot of damage and you're actually like in danger at, at certain times. Like You have to keep an eye on your health. You can't just spam items. You actually have to uh, build your the ATB bar up in order to uh, by doing damage and defending in order to use items and in order to use magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really fun. Um, you, you get like different stances that you can do with the characters. So like Cloud has this ability to um, to go into like a uh, he has like a standard form, and then he's got one where it's he his attacks are stronger. He can't he can't block attacks anymore. Barry, okay. Um, Barrett uh, has uh, his his normal his normal gun arm form, but then uh, hitting triangle uses ability is like a super huge, like super powerful shot. And then you have to either wait for it to charge back up, or you can spam like triangle to have him like basically like charging it, like he's like shaking his arm to charge it back up. Really, really cool, um, and really f- just fun in general. It just you feel like you have a lot of options at your disposal, mm-hmm. and this is the beginning of the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it, and it already feels like there's just so much that to, that you you can you can dive into. So that's um, awesome. Switching between characters is just feels good. Um, it's just one one tap of the D pad, and you can switch switch to another character. Um, when you're selecting item, it, it does this int- cool thing where it slows time down when you're selecting like abilities or magic. Okay. Um, that, it's where it felt really stupid in the in the first demo, but it felt a lot better to do it in in the second demo. Um, where so yeah, performing attacks fills up these your little action bars, and you can then do certain abilities. So you have like more powerful attacks that way. You can use materia and you can use items using different amounts of the of the of the bar. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it's great. I mean, and that's not even to touch on the voice acting is spectacular. Um, yeah, it's the music is like, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack is already like a, a stunner, and they've treated it very, very 
uh, respectfully. And That's great. so I, I'm, I'm pretty stoked, man. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I can't Big wait. Time. Do we? Do yeah. you, how long was the demo for you? Like I said, it was about probably about an hour. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty much it, it's uh, basically what the demo disc was back in the PS1 days. Um, gotcha. The, yeah. The open it's basically the bombing mission, the opening bombing mission. Yep. Of the game. So that, that's pretty much it. So okay. Um. Now, here's my biggest curiosity with this game is, do we know how much of the game is going to be in this first version? I, from what yeah. I've heard from my coworker, you're not going to leave that main city in this first disc. Or this yeah, si- so this, this, yeah, so basically the, the, this part of the game is going to be the Midgar section of the game. Okay. So roughly the first five to ten hours of the main game. Really? That, they, I don't want to say that's it, but like that's it? Yes, so the they've expanded though, and I can already see what they're doing. So the demo, the story of the demo ends in a way that where there's a twist on how it ends in the original game. Okay. That I'm really looking forward to see how they explore. Yeah, because um, from what I've heard, or from what my coworker was telling me, basically to do this remake, the original team came back, and they said basically they didn't want to come back unless they could explore some of the things they didn't explore in the original game so they're going to go more into the lore of some of the things they didn't explore in the original copy yeah i you're you're getting for more of midgar uh and stuff that you can i mean looking at some of the uh, it looks to me like there's a there was a character that was introduced which is not a character in the original game that i think is part of soldier the the mercenary the fighting group the the personal army of shit so the fact that we're going to see more of those people probably or at least him is another character mm-hmm. uh, they're definitely expanding on the story um i i yeah i mean i i can see how what they can do there's all kinds of things that you can do to sort of expand that section of the game to make it feel to make it full flesh out a 40 to 50 hour game yeah i and guess that's my... essentially what they're doing what so. I'm wondering at this point, because as far as I can tell, the cover art isn't part one of Final Fantasy VII. It's just Final Fantasy VII. So I'm wondering, I don't foresee them popping out six retail discs for this. I wonder if they're just going to patch in each section of the game later on. You think they'll do that? I mean, it it, it, it does remain to be seen. Yeah. Um, I don't know, honestly. I I hope it doesn't because this game is already just massive. And that's just going to eat your hard drive space up like crazy. That's, um, wasn't it like 100 gigs? <laughs> it's something like that. It's, it's like Red Dead. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's that big. It's like So I, I don't know. I don't know how they're planning on doing it exactly. Um, I know that they're ba- they basically said, we're just going to keep continuing work on this game on, on Final Fantasy VII Remake, like right after the game comes out, basically. Well, I wonder how much of it they've actually built out at this point. Like, I, I can't imagine that where the first disc ends is how far they are in development. I have to believe they're further on than that. I, I feel like they're... Well, I mean, they're not even close to the end of the first disc. <laughs> they're, they're, in, terms of, in terms of where Final Fantasy VII is, they're close to the... And the, that's that's like the first. Oh yeah, so I don't I don't mean the PS one uh, version oh, first disc. I'm just saying. Okay, like, I get, yeah, this I get, new I version. I get you. I get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean. Well, I I do know in interviews 
uh, Tetsu Nomura said this is the hardest project he's ever worked on. Um, Pumping I out Kingdom Hearts like... 3 wasn't the top of his list? My gosh, it took 15 <laughs> years. I know, I know, right? <laughs> um, I And I think I think some of that was because he has personal closeness to Final Fantasy VII in general. Yeah. It was the first game where he was the character designer of it, and I think he worked on the story bit of it, too, uh, alongside uh, a couple of the other people on the team. So... He's obviously very, very close to the to it in general, and the fact that he was the director, um, he he's clearly very passionate about it. It's very clear the entire team is very passionate about it, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that they're being so respectful and they're not. I think some producers were wanting them to just go straight action RPG, just straight like Kingdom Hearts style, and he said no. He didn't want to make it like that. Mm. Um, and I think, kind of I think going one way or the other would going one way or the other would have been easy the easy way out mm-hmm. I think and the fact that they that they're trying to do something unique with it is is, uh, is great I love it yeah it's so, definitely admirable for sure um I mean other than that uh, other than that so I highly recommend giving it a shot um it's replaying that section of the game isn't gonna feel like a chore because that was the original demo disc of Final Fantasy VII was that like had that section of the game yeah people probably played that like hundreds of times before that game came out um but uh so you can't continue your progress from that in in the retail version of the game i think the reason for that is i'm going to go out on a limb and say because this demo has been up on the playstation store since like december i feel like that's an earlier build of the game also so i feel like even the retail version that we're going to get is even going to be a little bit different still so that and even getting to like the whole trophy support thing i'm sure maybe at one point in that demo you may have unlocked a generic trophy because you surpassed uh, some section of the game or you beat some boss where a trophy would naturally unlock um and they, they i'm sure if if that safe progress was there and uh, well, yeah they probably want it to happen naturally playing through the game so the actual yeah. disc but yeah so so yeah other than that um i've been fighting bosses in the limit cut episode of kingdom hearts three um and that's about it i've not been progressing on my gents challenge uh game at all it's been bad yeah and now that the, <laughs> and now that the 10th the 10th anniversary of final fantasy 13 is right around the corner i was wanting to start playing that again yep I hear um you. i i don't know how i'm gonna get around to to playing through astral chain more i i really liked it i really liked the what i played of it about but how long of a game is that? A few weeks. What's that? About how long of a game is Astral Chain? I don't know, actually, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it could be it could be anywhere between like fifteen to thirty hours. I don't really know. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, but. Huh. Um. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, uh, watching James Bond films yes. still. Uh, we just watched Skyfall a couple couple nights ago. I'm actually probably going to do a video on that one too. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I like your. Casino I did one Royale. on Casino Royale. I put up on our channel, um, and uh, uh, has there really been anything else I've been up to? I don't think so. Um, nothing, nothing really of note. I mean, I played D and D on weekend, and that's that's been fun. Nice. Um, nice. We're doing that in two but, weeks. Right? Yeah, first time. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. We're gonna get a few friends awesome. together. You, you, and... guys, you guys get a get a group like around you. Yeah, so Ryan actually has a coworker of his. Um, her and her boyfriend um, are going to come over, and then Ryan, myself, and Lauren. So it'll be a group of 
Was that five people? Yeah, five, I don't six? think he's ever been a dungeon master, but he's played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. I feel like you should be the dungeon master because you're creative mind and thinking on the fly. Yeah. I just don't know the mechanics of how like everything works, but I'm sure... You could figure it out. Yeah. Once kind I of figure it out after the first attempt. Because they played like drunken one, dragons in college too. Yeah. One thing, one thing I would highly suggest for p- people getting into the uh getting into D D. Um watch Critical Role. Um Critical don't start with season campaign one, start with campaign two. And just watch a little bit of it because they they are the best at it. Um I mean they built a whole company around them playing Dungeons and Dragons, you know? Mm-hmm. So they I mean they're all professional voice actors, so they all have the acting chops. You know, you, you have to you do have to obviously come at it with I'm never going to have a group that is this cohesive. I'm never going to have a group with a DM that works as hard as he does, as Matt Mercer does. But that's okay, because at the very least, it can give you an idea of, you know, what you can do. It's I I use it. Well, I follow it because I love the story that they're telling and the story that they're they're going through. But I also use it as sort of inspiration for my own pursuits and my own things that I do in, in the campaign. So um, y- you want to try to it's um, imitation, not copying is what I like to call it, okay. I guess, or, or I guess inspiration, not imitation. So okay. it would be another, I guess, another way to look at it. So yeah, I was trying um, to come up with my character in the car ride to work. Like, what do I want my dude to be? And I think I've got an idea kind of, but I have to see like, what the actual roles are and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe after the podcast, I can, I, I, I can brainstorm with you a little bit because I've been playing for about, it'd be close to two years, maybe just over. Okay. I've been playing for over a year Okay. now. We've gone through, we had to stop one of our campaigns because a couple of the guys dropped out and one guy just kept flaking so much that uh, our DM was like, Hey, Let's just make the side campaign that I made the main campaign. So we did that for a while. He's been going through some stuff recently. So uh, my friend who lived in Rhode Island, who I went to PAX with, uh, took over as Dungeon Master. Nice. Now um, with another side campaign, that that one's going to be like maybe we'll do for a few months um, until we finish that. So just to give just to give our DM a break because he's been going at it strong for yeah a long time. So. Good stuff. But yeah, D&D is great. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Should be good times. a lot of fun. But we are just under the two-hour mark with this episode. I didn't anticipate us talking about Final Fantasy Thirteen and all those other fun things that we talked about, like lathering our bodies with soap. <laughs> um, but they were fun tangents, and I'm glad we had them. So we are not going to go over the Xbox Series X specs. Obviously, everyone, you can find those out on the interwebs. They're very impressive and littered with teraflops, but I want to kind of hone in on the Discord results. Two weeks ago, I posted a polling question to see kind of what everyone wants personally out of the next generation consoles, specifically the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. We got nine votes, and then uh, lots of people commented explaining the reasoning, so I'm going to go ahead and go over those now. So of the nine votes, there were, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five potential uh, answers, which one of them was backwards compatibility with previous consoles, which received five of the nine votes. So that was a huge 
everyone wants backwards compatibility, and that's actually, I think that's what I voted for. I either voted for that or exclusive games. I can't remember. Um, coming in at two votes was graphical capability, loading times, and overall console power. Also coming in at two votes was exclusive games. And then receiving no votes at all, well, perhaps surprisingly, was price. Um, I guess the, of the people that voted, price was not um, a consideration. I'm, I'm sure at, at a given point, everyone has their price. Everyone will consider that when we figure out how much these consoles cost. Uh, and then no one voted for teraflops, which I don't I don't blame them. But uh, <laughs> getting into the, uh, the actual Discord, um, Skip Steady, also known as Nolan, records the Young Nostalgia Podcast. Check him out. He said, I'm so excited. I wish I could vote for multiple choices, but my top two are the backwards compatibility and the graphical loading power. There are just too many amazing games in the past generations that not having backwards um, compatibility just seems like you're hurting the brand as well as future game or gamers who could discover those classics. Exclusives aren't too important to me just because of the direction gaming seems to be taking in terms of crossplay with Microsoft releasing for the PC as well. So as Halo may not be quote-unquote exclusive, it's half exclusive to just Microsoft gaming platforms. Either way, it's just about, uh, it is about to be such a great console launch this year for both sides. It's just crazy, crazy to see how different console wars are now from back in the day when gaming wasn't as prominent in modern lifestyles. Yeah, yeah, I agree uh, largely with that. And I don't want to go into too many of these comments right now because we'll, I'm sure, get into it with our own thoughts and hopes and dreams. But um, we go on. Frantic, who also records a podcast called Frantic Thoughts, he said, I didn't choose price, but it does play a factor. I will likely only be able to afford one, and I'm a PlayStation fan, so that's what I'd get first. Which is interesting because I know he's a big Xbox One supporter. But uh, Blink, who I've actually reached out to to, to be on the podcast, nice. he, um, he said, I went with games, although backwards compatibility is a big one too. I really love making room in the TV stands by packing away old consoles, but if I can't, then I'll just leave the last-gen system hooked up. In the end, it just comes down to exclusive games. I don't care if they stay exclusive or not, but when it comes time to, time to buy a system, I'll go with the one that has the more interesting games available at the time, which I largely agree with. Uh, Logan also was on the show last week, friend of the show. He said, I voted exclusives, but I want new good games. Multiplayer story, I just want something good. I need Xbox to come out swinging on this next gen with games that are not good, or with games <laughs> with games that are good. And, <laughs> I want shit games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he said, uh, Give me crap. I, <laughs> I just want to hate this console. I want shovelware for days. Uh, no, he says, um, Need the Xbox to come out swinging with this next gen with good games uh, and not get steamrolled by Sony because he is an Xbox One owner as well. Uh, Comeback Kid, classic YouTuber, he says, Games is my answer, but it doesn't have to be exclusives. Multi-platform games and exclusive, both, it's all about the games. Uh, And then Blink said, yeah, I definitely agree with Comeback Kid. Nicknack said, I chose backwards compatibility for the sake of it being the right thing for these companies to do. But obviously the biggest factor for these new, console, new consoles are the new games. I own a PC, but I prefer consoles on the sole fact for exclusive titles, and if they go, if they go away, I see a terrible monopoly happening on the gaming industry as a whole. And then one Chronolink91 says, if I could still vote, I would also say exclusives. 
It's always what gives me the drive to snag a certain console over another. That being said, the new hardware from Microsoft is tempting, especially with it being backwards compatible, since I never got an Xbox One. It makes all that more tempting, uh, especially with Sony still having the titles appear on the PS4 for the foreseeable future. So... Yeah, I, I largely agree with a lot of the people here. There's just a lot to consider when buying into a new console. And looking back, I I don't think I've ever been a day one buyer for any console. Have you have you ever bought in day one, Chrono? Yes, the Nintendo Switch. Really? So you were day I one was, with that? I was I was a, I was a day one. I was working at GameStop at the time when Heroes for it went up. Um, Wait a second. Helps. Hold on a second. <laughs> um, Everyone we have on this podcast works for GameStop. Yeah. Is there like a strong yeah, correlation so work- between pest control and GameStop employees? <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a that's, very specific. That, that's funnily, funnily enough, that's actually what I did right after GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So a little shocking, yeah. When it, when we talked about GameStop, and I was like, oh, by the way, sorry if you can hear like like printing in the background. I guess. It looks like my mom is printing her Sunday school lesson or something right now. Oh no, I, <laughs> I actually class. I can't hear it, and there's no techno in the our okay. background, so it's all good. Okay, I can hear it pretty loud. I'm glad. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, no, yeah, I worked I worked at GameStop for like a month and a half, maybe close close to two months. Um, but it was like just right at that period of time, man, when when the Switch was coming out, and I was I was actually really fortunate to have gotten the pre for uh the the like the big legendary edition of Breath Oh really? Because uh, yeah, because that was be that was supposed to be an online exclusive. But the SKUs in the system were were all there. So me and the me and the manager were both like, well, obviously we're going to try to get that sell out. Um and then it was like we we kind of had to like contact uh contact like someone i don't remember who to to make sure that we got them because it was like yeah those are supposed to be online exclusives but so don't sell any more of those pre-orders for it because in the system it was still all numbers nothing was listed as this is what this is so we had to like match the skew with it was it was a the that day was a mess but it was um yeah that was fun and looking back in hindsight did you do you think it was worth it getting it day one oh totally yeah Yeah. I, i have i've not had any issues with my with my switch i I mean, I played the crap out of Breath of the Wild when it came out. It came out at like a perfect time for me personally. Um, uh, I have to go into tons of detail about it, but like, yeah, just it, it, it that was the right game for me at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, and then in addition to having really great other ports, so you had like the Binding of Isaac came out and like a physical cartridge that was great because um, I finally got to play that game. Uh, you, you've got like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out, Splatoon oh, yeah. 2 came out, and this is all within the first few months of the game, or of the system launching. And so you had like, they had a, had a really solid library just in its first few months. And of course, Mario Odyssey came out uh, in, in the October of that year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, not, do not do not regret it one bit. Um very very happy to have my switch to this day. I you know if they ever decide to release a, an upgraded system, I'd probably I'll probably buy into that as well, like a like a Switch Pro, quote unquote. Okay, uh, you're not really into like the whole Switch Lite thing. No, as much. Um, I, I like it. It's a 
I think it's a solid uh, concept. I, I, I like I like it if you if you have like a family or if you have you know, people that that just like to play it on the go more. I, I do tend to sit down with it more than I play it on the go. Um, but it's to choose whether or not you connect it to the TV or taking it with you, I think is, is, uh, I like that versatility more yeah. than just having it on the go. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and, and your point about, you know, getting a switch pro if they, if they end up coming out with one, that's honestly my biggest hesitation into buying day one on a console I mean, it's really twofold obviously if there's a game there where it's like i cannot not play that day one like if kingdom hearts 3 would heaven forbid would have been delayed for like the ps5 xbox series x launch like that would have probably pushed me over the edge for day one but i worry about you know the xbox 360 and ps3 generation where they had so many problems with with their consoles crapping out after so many hours of, of gameplay they created these much more powerful, slimmer models, you know, a year, two years after the fact, I, I, I kind of want to wait for that because not only were they cheaper than the the debut consoles, but they, they just run more efficiently. And at that point, like when I bought even the PS4, I had such a, a vast library of games to tap into at the time that it was like, yeah, I kind of have to play two years of catch up, but I also get to buy a lot of those earlier games for like pennies and I have a better version of the console. Mm -hmm. So I guess getting into discussion for this next next generation, like um, I guess for you, Ryan, first, like what what's the biggest selling point for you to buy in day one? I chose the backwards compatibility because mm -hmm. um, from what I hear, the Xbox isn't going to have any exclusives day one or for like the first year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, really all I want to play is Halo because I don't have that ability right now. All I want to do is play Halo. <laughs> it's so <laughs> accurate, though. Um, yeah, just side-by-side -side Halo is some of the best times ever. And then being able to go back to Battlefront to the original, the the best one with mm -hmm. Moss Eisley. Um, yeah, I love the old Xbox games. I just, even Xbox One catching up on those. Because if there's no exclusives, I mean, yeah. Well, I think that's that's the consideration for Series X for me is that if it is backwards compatible dating back to the original Xbox, not only are there games on that that library of, of the, you know, that the Xbox library that I could catch up on, 360, and literally the entire catalog of the Xbox One, buying a Series X at that point is you know it's like buying three systems yeah because i literally have played nothing on on the one um and I, there's a lot of games i wanted to play of course the rare collection rise son of rome um sunset overdrive i mean there's a number of games on that console that i i, I would have liked to have gotten but Lucky's again tale. It, super lucky's tale get the achievements for that but yeah it wasn't so much so that it was like i need to pump out 300 bucks to get yep. this and i think that's what yep. i worry about most with this next generation because that's what I struggle with now with the PS4 is like, it sucks that my PS3 crapped out because I could have been playing Final Fantasy 13 on my PS4 and I wouldn't have to worry about taking a freaking blow dryer to the back of my console for 20 minutes and trying to salvage my <laughs> save data. Like, it's crazy that I have yeah. to do that, you know? Yeah. I wish, I mean, both of the Xbox One and PS4 would have done that, but hopefully this next generation across the board allows for us to do backwards compatibility. 
I guess I get why they wouldn't do it and they'd make us pay for it twice. Like, there's probably a shit ton of money in it. Mm-hmm. Go on to the PSN store, the Xbox store, whatever that is, and pay for the physical copy or the digital copy of it. Um, but that's a huge selling point if your competition is doing backwards compatibility. Yeah. Um, I think next would be the graphics. Um, I want good looking games, especially well, if it's going to be $600. And that's what they're like, that's kind of what they were, um, one of their biggest selling points with the Xbox One Series X or Xbox Series X specs is that there's going to be virtually no loading times, um, is what it sounds like. Yeah. And that, that's definitely a big feature, but I, I gotta be honest, my, my, my Twitter and Instagram scrolling game is going to go down significantly because during, uh, during those those pauses and loading screens, that's that's when I browse the Twitter world. And that's also your bathroom breaks too. Yeah. I mean, you just you'll have to get a few more <laughs> water bottles in the room, and yeah. you'll uh, yeah, you won't know what's going on with world events. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you could just pause okay. the game. <laughs> no, absolutely not. That's unacceptable. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I guess no, I always have to be in the moment. You know. Yeah, I guess Alec- in the moment in some other world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alec, is there, I guess, what would really cause you to buy either the PS5 or Xbox One? Or I can't, there's, the naming conventions are ridiculous. The Series X is what yeah. I'm going to call it from here on out. Like, what would cause you yeah. to buy either of the consoles day one? And are you leaning towards one or the other right now? I mean, I, I think I am leaning PS5. I, I don't know. I'm probably going to be day one for either of these consoles, not going to lie. You probably um, will not be. Is that what you said? Yeah, I, yeah. I, Nintendo's always always a little different when it comes to it. I think with with Switch, you had such a fascinating uh, cape there, where it was just like it's there's so much to get excited about. And, I, and that's not to say that there isn't something to get excited about with either of these two new consoles, these the Sony and Microsoft consoles, but they're fairly they are direct competition to each other. Nintendo has always gone on record saying they don't feel that they're direct competition to either of the other two, which I think is a very smart way to go about it. Um, it's particularly in terms of marketing. Um, I think what you, what's, what's tough is both systems seem to have different things going for them. So Microsoft is in buying up uh, independent, it's just like left and right, which that I think will help them on their exclusive game, which needs some like serious, serious work. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and because that, that that to me is the big selling point for for PlayStation is is their exclusives. I, yeah. And I think and that's that's kind of what I say. That's that to me is always the most important thing. And that's one of the reasons why I haven't haven't gotten a, an Xbox is that pretty much every every um, every experience I could have I, I could just get on the PlayStation. And most of my friends have have a PS4, so it's like why would I not go for that? Yeah. Um. A, a lot of times, it's. I think you need to go also where where your friends are. I think tends to be also a determining factor. Yep. Um, I agree. Also, until the until the Xbox One X, the the PS4 was just far and away the best console that you could get. I mean, easy. Uh, just far and away, it was it was better. The Xbox One, the original VCR one, didn't run particularly well. Mm-hmm. Um. And even now, it's still a low benchmark for for consoles. So um, it wasn't really till the till the One X uh, came around that it's like 
really pushed it and it's it's easily better than the than the the ps4 pro um just another reason why i haven't really gotten a, a pro either i've had little interest in that too um yeah so yeah i don't i don't know i think all of these things are definitely contributing factors because price is also going to come into play you know I, i've got like you know i've got things to i've got loans to worry about and things and i can't just drop 600 bones on a on a console just off the top you know yep no um, I, I agree with that too and uh yeah so i mean uh, it's it's tough i think i think really it's going to be very important coming down to what everyone's sort of chipped in here is backwards compatibility is going to be very important i think because mm-hmm. to me as of right now we know v- fairly little about the playstation 5 other than haptic feedback and its name we don't really have a good semblance of what the specs are like yet. They haven't been nearly as public as Microsoft has been about that. Microsoft is like, hey, we're going to have all the backwards compatibility that Xbox One has. Um, you're going to be able, to, so you're going to be able to play all those old games. Here's the specs. This is a super powerful system. Um, have fun, you know. And it's like the potential for 8K gaming down the line. Um, which, I mean, I don't know anyone that would actually care that much about 8K. You need, like, you need, like, a huge, huge TV in order to really make that worth it. Um, yeah. you already need a big TV to make 4K worth it. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I applaud Microsoft transparency this early on. Um, yeah. I say this early on. The console's going to be coming out in, you know, eight months or so. However, you also have to wonder if they showed their cards too soon and they're like, hey, I got a two pair and Sony comes out at either E3 or some other exclusive conference that they showcase and they're just like, yeah, well, we have a full house. Look at this. Look at what we're going to show. You know, we have exclusivity across all generations of PlayStation platforms. We're having trophy support for specific games. This game is coming out day one for PlayStation 5. It's exclusive. You can only play it on this console. You know, I, I don't know if they're going to throw the trump card or if they're just going to come out and just say yeah we have comparable potentially even less um power than the the series x and we're not going to have any console exclusive titles that you couldn't be playing on ps4 for six to eight months of the console's life i don't i don't know what their messaging is going to be i mean maybe they are so ho-hum because they're kind of scrambling and freaking out like while we don't have we don't have all of those bullet points to share right now because I don't know if they're fearful. What's going on? I mean, who's to really say? You know? Yeah, it's it's hard to predict. I think because during the during the PS4 Xbox One uh, stuff, you know, with the with the used games uh, controversy and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, PS4 they didn't have to do much to 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 just win. You mean Microsoft was thing. digging their own own grave at that point? They were, and and they had a lot to they had a lot to to prove afterwards. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's 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 definitely going to have to come down to messaging and marketing for Sony because I think it's hard for me to justify getting a PS5 when I feel like most of the games that are coming out late this gen are going to be, hey, you can get this now on PS5 and you just like download a, a patch and the graphics will look nicer or whatever. Yeah, that's not enough incentive like, for me. And it's not, yeah, that's not nearly enough incentive. Um, so it's, 
yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, they're they're going to have to really come out with some slam dunk uh, exclusives that we've gotten very little hints of. You know, I we've gotten like some that are like this has got to be on PS5 or whatever, but I mean, we've seen precious little of of pretty much everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. So I guess maybe shifting gears a little bit. I mean, talking about maybe not a game that would come out that would cause you to you know fork over the six hundred bones, but what are some franchises or you know series of games that you hope to see revive this next generation of consoles and it it doesn't have to remain exclusive to sony or microsoft even a nintendo property because i mean even looking at the the pipeline for nintendo i mean we have animal crossing metroid prime 4 breath of the wild 2 but beyond that like i don't know any other first party showcase titles that they've really revealed at this point yeah just a shout out to animal crossing uh less than two weeks now Two Fridays. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait, but I mean, at the same time, like, what is Nintendo having planned to... I mean, obviously, Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be their big, quote-unquote, rivaling game for these new consoles, um, but to Alex's point earlier, they're not really trying to rival anyone. They're, they're, they're in their own market, and they know yeah. it. Um, but, but yeah, I guess getting to the point of, like, I guess, one, what does Nintendo have in the pipeline, and two, what, what franchises do you want to see for these next consoles? I mean, for... PS5, I would love to see Resistance 4. Mm. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't... Because they basically, they basically just... Because they came out with Resistance, didn't they? For, like, as a launch title? Uh, for P- Wasn't uh, it? PS3. Fall of Man PS4? was a PS3 launch title. Yeah. yeah. Resistance PS3, Fall. okay. They, yeah. So, uh, what was... Remind me, there was a... I, I always get these series confused. So it was like, there was a PS4 launch game, and I haven't revisited that. The Order 1886. Yeah, no, not that. God, no. Get that get that out of here. Get that <laughs> no. crap out of here. No, stop it. That's actually one of my... I want to see 1887. I want to know what happens the following no. year. No, I, I don't care about that. I, Your dreams suck. I don't care about that franchise. Uh, see, I, I like that you, game. I, I thought mean, it was okay. a, a fun Gears of War meets Van Helsing. I thought it was kind of neat. But it was like six it's hours, barely right? barely a game. Uh, <laughs> um, Did the PS4 have another yeah. title like Resistance? Yeah, I'm trying to no, look. Yeah, what, well, they had Killzone. The one? It's not Resistance. Killzone. That's the one I'm thinking of. Okay, there you go. Yeah. You bring, you bring Killzone back again. You know, do that PS5. Aren't they working on a new Killzone? I don't know about Killzone. I don't know. Because I doubt it because Gorilla went on to Horizon. That's true. So oh, that's I think right. Was, so Horizon 2 might be, there, might be a big thing for them then. I yeah. thought I heard they were working on new Killzone, then Horizon. I doubt it. My guess is... I think Horizon's the the future of that series, just like Uncharted was the future of Naughty Dog after Jack and Daxter. Like, as much as I want Jack and Daxter to come back, I mean, they went from Uncharted then to, of course, The Last of Us Part Two. Selfishly, I want Uncharted 5 with after Last of Us 2, but I also feel like with each console generation, Naughty Dog's moved on to something bigger and better. Like, first it was Crash Bandicoot, and then with the PS2 it was Jack and Daxter, and then they went on to... Um, you know, Uncharted, and then The Last of Us with PS4, or mm-hmm. PS3, PS4. Uh, so I just feel like they're probably going to move on to a new IP, which I'm all for. I, I love everything they've put out to this point. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah, I hope they, I hope they do whatever, whatever the next is, I mean. Say that again, you kind of yeah, dipped out. For sure. I said, yeah, absolutely. Everything, whatever they do next, like, we're, we're going to be around for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, but... Yeah, I think Resistance would be one, and then Infamous. So, interesting things with both of those developers. Um, 
I feel like they almost have to pass the rights onto someone else because Sucker Punch, who created the, infam- or the infamous and Sly Cooper games, is creating Ghost of Tsushima right now. Yeah, but that'll be out in July, right? That's true. Uh, I don't know how quickly they're gonna their team's gonna move on to their next game. Yeah. But then Insomniac, who creates the Resistance games, is probably working on Spider Man Two. I have to imagine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure they are. They they've got to be. I don't know which one I'd want uh, more: Spider Man Two or Resistance Four. Oh, definitely Spider Man Two. Come on now. I mean, I love the shit out of Spider Man. Yeah. It was on my top ten, but like. We Can you imagine exploring more of like the Mary Jane, the MJ and Peter relationship, and Miles? They, I mean, they could they could do so much more with Miles' story. Yeah, I think they will, and the Green Goblin. Yeah, I don't know. Resistance was yeah. Such there's a, a lot of different shooter. directions. There's a lot of directions they can go with Spider Man. I I've never played a Resistance game, so I wouldn't. I don't. You know, I don't know. I think that, first- that would be an interesting title for them to bring back. It would be. It's yeah. kind of like a Gears of War kind of storyline, just with really unique guns. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever play Perfect Dark, Alec? Yes. Uh, Perfect Dark's great. Okay, so yeah. imagine... It's basically that with PS3 graphics. Yeah. Okay. And, I, I should look into this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the <laughs> first like, one is rough. Right the worst one's rough because you have like little pellets that heal your health. But in the second game, you end up having like health that regens if you're not getting shot a little... So you, you you go around and pick up senzu beans. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, those are both great series. Unfortunately, their developers have other projects. Well, so with that, I, I kind of follow that up because I said um, Sanzaru Games, who created Thieves in Time after Insomniac or um, after Sucker Punch moved on to bigger and better things with Infamous, I would love for them to develop another Sly Cooper game, or heck, Naughty Dog, pass on the rights for Jack and Daxter. They've already proven themselves with Thieves of Time to create um, or have a follow-up to an already outstanding trilogy to, I don't know, you know, follow in uh, their footsteps. So if they could create another Jack and Daxter, that'd be great. I have in all caps, more freaking 3D platformers, please. Like, bare bones, like ukulele, where it's like, no, as Pete Dore always says, no gimmicky crap where you you have weapons and RPG systems or anything like that. I'm talking bare bones where it's like dodge, roll, double jump. Simple is better, you know, when it comes to water jetpack. I don't even want any of that gimmicky stuff. I don't need (laughs) the stuff from Mario Sunshine. I I need... (laughs) I need just bare bones 3D platforming levels of poi. Like, give me like poi two. Okay. For PS5. Poi two. I'll, I'll be there I, day one. I would. I would. I would really like them. I would really like some developer to revisit Spyro. Um, yes. I. I think. I think. I think you're right. I. 3D platformers. Maybe just because they just don't have as much draw as they used to. But I feel like the sales numbers for the Crash re- the Crash and the Spyro remakes are should speak for themselves absolutely um that people people definitely want that still it's it's having more variety is always a good thing Mm -hmm. um i mean sometimes you can you can spread yourself too thin but when it comes to games when you get these vastly different experiences from each other more variety is generally i would say a good thing and the the lack of 3d platformers great 3d platformers um 
I mean, I would say, I would argue that most, if not all of the three platformers have been coming out recently, except for maybe some of the like indie indie store ones. Yeah, um, ukulele, yeah, just, stuff like that. Have, yeah, they've just been spectacular. Um, like you yeah. get Mario Odyssey, you've got ukulele, and Celeste. you've got um, oh. you got what? Celeste was like a two D platformer, though. That's like oh, a, you're a three D platformer. Yeah, F- yeah. fucking dimensions. <laughs> you don't need the other one. <laughs> I'm no, sure. but, but um, I mean, you're right, Alec. I mean, I think just the, the majority of the more high-profile and even indie 3D platformers that have been coming out over the past, really, this entire console generation, I mean, it, they've been Hat really... Time. That was, it. that was the one I was trying yeah, to Yeah, that's that was excellent. Very like Mar- uh, Mario 64 clone. Like, just... Yeah, I would hope that the the the, um, the number of copies sold for these types of games, again, to your point, speak for themselves. Yeah, I mean, all you'd really have to do is have like a new Spyro game, and then have Spyro do some Fortnite dances, and then you'd sell it to the youth. <laughs> and boom, there you go. Yeah, boom. Ten million copies sold day one. <laughs> I could see it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why? <laughs> Are you a Fortnite guy, Alec? No. Okay. Not, not really. Yeah, I've never. I played. I, once. I played Fortnite uh, for about two hours with a friend one time, and both of us had the exact same reaction. We're like. Yeah, this was kind of fun. Um, I can understand why this is popular. Probably never going to play it again. Yeah. But uh, that was yeah, kind of my gut this is reaction. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, kudos to them for trying to keep it interesting. I know they just, they basically relaunched the game and made it like completely like different in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's not enough to make me that interested in it. Yeah. And Apex so. was a thing that lasted like a week. For being popular. Apex was still Apex was pretty big for I would say two to three months. Um, it still has its has its following. Um, mm-hmm. Overwatch has been having its ups and downs too. Uh, yeah. I know they've been trying a lot more to bring a lot more people back to it. Um, with uh, they're doing updates more consistently now, and I mean I just I I'm still very like eh, I'm Blizzard as a company. They've been they just did things. I mean, that Warcraft I like was good last year. Yeah. What's that? War- Warcraft three was really good. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Did you see the yeah, championships? Was it a point eight or whatever on point yeah, six, I think, right now. <laughs> Did awesome. you see the championship that like the guy got kicked out twice, and then he was about to win twice, and then his uh, competitor figured out his strategy and beat him. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So he like awesome. lost. He got kicked out of the championship. Interesting. Well, I mean, I just yeah, I mean, I just didn't like a lot of their responses to things last year, and it just it's uh, it just left a kind of a bad taste, you know. And um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I, I've definitely been like thinking about getting back, you know, starting up Overwatch again a little bit, but um, yeah, I don't know, I. Their Blizzard's just in a strange place right now, and I, I don't think any of their, none of their, none of their games are gonna are gonna like make or break any a console now. Not 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 at this point. No, I don't, uh, I don't think so. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of some other stuff. I mean, for Nintendo, speaking of Nintendo games, uh, do you know how long it's been since they've had a Nintendo Direct? The la- their last like real one, other than the little side ones they do. What Animal eight, eight six eight months? It's been six months. It is which, the which longest is they've gone without a Nintendo Direct ever. 
That's uh, um, why do you think? I mean, do you think they're just going to come no out? I have no idea. I I don't know. I I I feel like they're just in the middle of so many projects that they there's not there's enough not enough progress on any single one to show off. That's my guess. I feel like that's a scary place for them to be though. Because I feel like this is the yeah. this is the exact time to be showing these are all of the things in the pipeline. This is why everyone should not only be continuing to play their Switch, but also for people that haven't bought in yet, should be buying in. Because, I mean, the next consoles, I mean, they're just around the corner, and I feel like they need to be showing everyone why they need a Switch more than ever right now. So, so another theory that I have, too, is that they talked about, um, you know, Alpha Dream got shuttered. Um, they're the they were the development team behind the Mario and Luigi game. That's right. Yeah. Um, because their their last couple of Mario and Luigi games just didn't sell at all. Um, and I mean, a lot of that's just due to the fact that the three dead as a system. But as a result, um, Nintendo talked about bringing developers and games projects over to the Switch from from the 3DS. So I'm almost wondering if some of some of it's doing with because they've, I think they basically restructured some of how the company is works because they you know they have different departments working on different part different games. So they used to have like different R and D working on uh, on systems, R and D working on console games, and then working on handheld. Games. And I think they essentially their handheld and. Uh, and uh, console divisions together now, like for real. So I'm almost wondering if some some transition is happening with three games that were being thought of or planned for the 3DS are now going to be coming onto the Switch. If so, oh, gold, that's that to me. Golden Sun, Golden that has that can have new life on the Switch. The Switch would be a perfect fit for Camelot to come out swinging with something that's not a mario sports game for the first time in a long time um yeah i would um i mean i can't speak for golden sun because i haven't played the first one yet even though it is part of my yeah, maybe you should get around to that rust <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that you haven't done mario or golden sun i know i know um <laughs> yeah i mean go ahead keep going alec with that that train of thought yeah i i mean i just i think that like see dark dawn didn't sell very well and that was towards the end of the DS, uh, the DS lifespan. I, you know, the DS had a huge, uh, obviously had a huge console base. That, um, I just, I, I just don't know if Nintendo knew how to market uh, Golden Sun very well. The Dark Dawn, I think, with the Switch, because of all the all the ports, all the RPGs, and everything coming over, I think you've got a perfect opportunity to just to do an HD update to that game, make mm -hmm. it look really cool. Maybe combine the first two games in one. I think you could do that. That'd be outstanding. Um, it would be really great. I mean, it, it's, it's in, I think it's ambitious, but I don't think it's, it's nicer. It would be nice for Nintendo to believe in Camelot that they could do something like that again. Um, Cause they haven't worked on a big RPG in, in a long time. So I think that would be, that would be cool. It'd be a nice, nice, a good faith on Nintendo's part to, to let them do that. Um, it's like, that's, that's sort of how they doing RPG. Uh, they, they did stuff on the Genesis and the Sega Saturn. So that'd be really so, yeah, cool too, know. because like, um, it, it almost be like one of those reveals, like 
the Link's Awakening H or uh, remake for the Switch. Like when when that when that scene started yeah. happening, and it was like you know the the shipwreck, and when it was revealed, and they did the pan out of the island. It was like, oh my gosh, they they're remaking a Game Boy game like for Switch. But to have that same reveal with Golden yeah. Sun that and game just... was, that game was absolutely wonderful, by the way, too. It's just. It... Oh yeah, that's right. That was one of my audio questions. It was, yeah, you, you <laughs> yeah, you did, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, to have a similar reveal for for Golden Sun, I mean, I'd almost liken that to like the Vesperia HD remake, where everyone was kind of just like, "What? They're they're, re- they're remaking yeah. Vesperia for for current consoles? Like, really? I mean, like, obviously yeah. people were ecstatic about it, but it was kind of like one of those things where no one would have anticipated that or expected that." Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, I'd really like them to bring 2D Metroid again because they the last the last outing was was phenomenal. Uh, Samus Returns was just what a great game. Um, that's like top ten 3DS games for me. That that's game was one of amazing. one of like three 3DS games I still want to get because um, even the original Game Boy game was just phenomenal. Because it it was a remake of the second Game Boy game, right? Or it was Metroid it, Two. Yeah, it was it was a remake of Metroid Two. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, and done by done by Sakamoto, who uh, people people sort of turned on when when uh, Other M came out because they're like Sakamoto is trying to ruin everything. See, Other M gets a bad rap. I I actually yeah, we could we could go on a huge tangent about that, but we're not going to. We'll save that discussion <laughs> for another time. We will. <laughs> we will. Um, yeah. So I guess a couple uh, other items here that I want to see revived. <laughs> Microsoft, please, if you want me to buy your console, do something with the rare license. Like, my gosh, like, kickstart Perfect Dark again, Perfect Dark again, bring back Jeff Horse Gemini, Banjo 3, you know, just there's infinite possibilities they could be doing with rare, and they give us Killer Instinct Gold. Really? Okay, I know you're catering to Jason Heine there, but like, if you really want to cater to the masses like banjo kazooie would sell consoles i mean look what look at the 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 response from i i guess more more of the western audience when banjo was announced for for smash people were losing their minds if they announced banjo 3 for the xbox one exclusive or series x exclusive I feel like people would freak out. And if it went back to its roots in 3D platforming collectathon and not the wacky gummy ship sim- simulator, you know, nuts and bolts or whatever the heck that was. <laughs> but I feel like that game probably also gets a bad rap. Bad rap but I actually bought it recently. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I gave mean, him my I, money. I, I'm very, I'm very curious about that game. I do want to, I do want to give it a shot, but I'll tell you graphically. The problem it's, with it is it's, it's just, it's not what anyone ever asked for yep. at all. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I have here is EA Sports Big. I don't know if that ever, if that just went away, <laughs> but give, give me some of that NFL Street and SSX Tricky. So, you know, those, yeah, those games were actually really fun. So, yeah, yeah. FIFA Street especially. I actually liked FIFA Street and NBA Street Volume 2 were just incredible games. But, yeah, I don't, I don't foresee myself buying day one in this, this console generation. I just... I just don't think there's going to be enough there beyond teraflops and graphical capabilities to to really sell me on the system. I actually have a few. Yeah, others. Oh, oh, go ahead. Was it? I actually have a few other games that I would love to see that could potentially make me want to buy a day one. Oh, by all means. Yeah. Go one for of it. them. Maybe this is probably not a day one game, but Prototype. 
I don't know if you guys have ever played yeah, that no, one. No, that's 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 a really that's a really good point. THQ Nordic, um, they still have the rights to that, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure, I but say. I love the first one. And I mean, it's just such a weird concept. It's basically like Spider-Man city-wise. Like it's a huge city, but you have this like weird guy who has like claw hands and like different abilities that you can go at, or play with. And you're just killing everyone, and it's a ton of fun. I will say your chances are pretty good, considering THQ Nordic is remaking games like um, Destroy All Humans and uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom. The chances of them bringing back Prototype are probably pretty high. I mean, I would love to. I'd give them 60 bucks for a remastered version of that. Do you know that there's a $300 version of uh, SpongeBob you dipped out the there, re- but re- I, re- I, heard, I heard what you were saying. Yeah, a $300 edition for the rehydrated edition for uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom. That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, who is that patch? I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, I adore SpongeBob. Um, I was never, I never really played any of the any of the SpongeBob games, but like, I know people are very nostalgic in that for that one in particular. Mm-hmm. Um. But like that just seems insane to me that that they would have like a because it comes with like statues of SpongeBob, Patrick, and Sandy. I think are the three ones that it comes with. Yeah, that it's just like it's just like okay, that just seems so bizarre to me. It sounds like their company's doing great if they have to do a three hundred dollar. Like, please give us money for these statues. Well, Darksiders three had like a four hundred fifty to five hundred dollar one because it came with all of the. All of the Forcemen, um, like figures, of all of them too. Like there must just be some just insane TSP Nordic fans. collectors out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of whales in the sea. Well, there there must be some kind of market there. I mean, obviously they wouldn't they wouldn't create something like that unless they knew there was an audience for it. I mean, Fallout seventy six had a helmet that like poisoned. <laughs> you know, people. my brother got that collector's. Did he? He did. Yeah. Uh, Conf- Conspiracy theories say Ooh, that the, man, that helmet bad. actually caused the corona uh, coronavirus outbreak. So uh, yeah, I think that's what the World <laughs> Health Organization said in their last report. <laughs> but fake news suppressed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sitting here over uh, thinking about the fact that my payment just went through for my uh, for my fir- soldier first class edition of Final Fantasy VII. So you know. Oh, how much was that? I, I'm. Uh, Three fifty. Oh I wanna say, my like word, that. Alec! Yeah. What do you get for that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm 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 definitely a whale square Enix stuff, so that's for sure. Yeah. Um. I mean, so you get like a figure of Cloud on the Daytona motorcycle. Um. It's um, pretty sweet. It comes. What else? Is, what else does it come with? That that's like that's like the big. That's like the why it's so expensive because there's other there's other special editions that come with essentially the same thing. Um, let me just look that up. Just to remind, just to remind me what's what exactly is is in is in it. What your three hundred fifty like, bones went to? I'm gonna look up this what statue. Right, here, okay, uh, first class edition. No, it's uh, sorry, thirty. So uh, <laughs> that's a little bit better. Yeah, so it comes with the game, uh, Cloud on the day. Uh, an art book, a mini soundtrack, steel book, and you get uh, some DLC stuff. With it. Okay, so it's that's, like that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, 
I mean, the figure the figure is is going to be the the main the main thing because um, there was a Cloud Strife Advent Children figure where he was on a, on the motorcycle that came out uh, maybe a few years ago. That in and of itself was about this. Exp- okay, I, I didn't know you were actually getting the the game with it, so that actually that's actually pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, I hate the the collector. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever picked up a collector's edition when you don't pick up the game because I hate that. Yeah, it doesn't make that. Any sense. Like, why would you do that? It's aggravating. But yeah. Awesome. Well, that's really all I got for the uh, the new consoles. All right, I would love to also see Iron Man remake an actual game for Iron Man that kind of plays like Anthem. Well, you can get VR. They're making an Iron Man VR game. Yeah, but like a game that isn't in VR. (laughs) Yeah, that game looks looks epic. It's just like, oh, yeah. Man, VR. I can't wait. (laughs) I don't know if I've actually... I saw that when I was researching games that I would like to play, but I would love to This is one of those games you will not want to play. Because I'll be throwing up because I'm all over the place? It just doesn't look very great. Okay. No, it looks terrible. I mean, like, Spider-Man did so well for like jumping into the Marvel universe. I feel like they should invest in like can you imagine Thor as a game? It'd be almost like God yeah, of War. Yeah, they're making Avengers. Yeah. Crystal Dynamo. I know I know everyone's hating on that. I am for that game still. I think I think that maybe it didn't make the best first impressions, but I don't think the game looks as bad as people say it does personally i mean listen i'm crystal all dynamics has a good wrong. has a good track record they overall. do i've loved the the tomb raider games which i think they've done um i'm always willing to be proven wrong i certainly was with my game of the year last year in star wars jedi fallen order yeah um the very beginning stages of ghost of tsushima those earlier trailers and the demo that pete played was not sold but the recent story trailer uh this past week looks phenomenal and it's coming out in june that'll be a day one purchase for me and i hope the same for the avengers because i mean obviously square enix and crystal dynamics i have a lot of faith in just given their track record and who wouldn't want to play a game where you are the avengers and it's an rpg that sounds fantastic yeah and then i guess lastly would be knights of the old republic oh that's a huge one yeah if you if you remaster one two or give us a third not like this, uh, the MMO or whatever they had, Knights of the Old Republic. The Old Republic, yeah. Yeah. If they gave us a single-player story or just remastered it to be HD, I'd be there. That'd be amazing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, BioWare is just not the same company anymore. They're not, no. unfortunately. And that's why I didn't even put Mass Effect on this list because I have no faith after the original trilogy. I mean, I, th- I think even 3, just the controversy surrounding the ending and then the mess that was Andromeda. I haven't played it myself. I've actually heard it's not as bad as people make it out to be. But And then you look at Anthem. It's just, they went downhill very fast. But I think that's all EA's fault, right? Partly. I think a lot of it is EA's yeah. fault. Yeah. I mean, you got the mothership I mean, I mean, or mother lord, overlord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's putting expectations on studios that have little track record i mean they 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 gave andromeda to a bioware subsidiary that hadn't made a single game it just you know make, doesn't so make any it's sense. like yeah and they forced them to use frostbite which is not an engine that's built for making role-playing games yeah it's just like uh you, you know it's like restricting restricting your developers like that is that's not 
you know, Bethesda's had a pretty spotty track record over the last couple of years themselves. Yeah. But at least they're taking time with Starfield. At least they're taking time with Elder Scrolls Six. You know, they're yeah. they're rushing these other games out, like which is just destroying their reputation. But you know, I mean, they delayed Doom Eternal. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, as as the the sub uh, their um for uh remind me who actually makes doom is it id id yeah yeah so the, at least they're at least they're listening to the to the actual dev teams and not just rushing stuff out but i'm curious what starfield's going to be like because we haven't seen anything of it have we I, almost practically nothing yeah, yeah. and then it's a title that's about it and then elder scrolls yeah. 6 we don't even know uh like geographic location it was just elder scrolls 6 yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't even. They're probably just starting like pre-production on that. That's game. like a 2022 game, maybe. I think that's gonna be at the earliest. Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess. Yeah. And, and honestly, even, like, I don't even want Elder Scrolls Six, given their recent history with uh, Fallout 76. I'd honestly just rather have them like Oblivion re- remake, remaster Oblivion at this point, like, <laughs> or Morrowind, or Morrowind. Morrowind. Yeah, because uh, yeah, honestly, be kind of neat. Yeah. if if Oblivion had the leveling up system of Skyrim, for me, it'd be like RPG perfection. Yeah. Because I prefer the Oblivion world to Skyrim's just because I feel like it is more colorful and lively, uh, where Skyrim is very dark and kind of grimy, which, again, it's my bucket list, or it's not my bucket list, it's my top three Desert Island games. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. But, um, but yeah, to your point, I would love to see either Oblivion or just Morrowind Remastered. Yeah, point. I would love more microtransactions. Yeah, more very expensive <laughs> yeah, more, DLC. More <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say more more horses in uh, horse yeah, mounts. More, yeah, more colorful horse armor that I have to pay for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need all that horse armor. Yeah, that's all I want from the next generation is to have to pay more money for things that should be in the base game. <laughs> yes, that's all I ask. Come on, Microsoft, you got this. <laughs> Yep. Well, good stuff, guys. I mean, Ryan, do you have anything else to? No, to that, add those are my only five. Games? Good stuff. Alec, anything else on the the next console generation? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think if they can surprise us with something new, that's great. If they can bring back old franchises like the ones we mentioned, that that would be great too. I, it would be. It's a long pipe dream, and it's literally never going to happen because the I know that the that the next game that they're making is going to be a mobile game again. Man, I'd love to see Mistwalker come back and, and make oh another RPG. Gosh. Can you, you know? imagine something to the degree of Blue Dragon or Lost Odyssey? That would be great. I think I think you would have a lot more people interested in it now than you did in the 360 era. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But Well, it's exciting times ahead. I mean, if nothing else, just to, to be a spectator, you know, a person outside looking in to see people buying in day one. I mean, Pete inevitably is going to buy in day one for at least one of the consoles so just seeing him stream some of those games is definitely going to be an exciting time but yeah for sure but yeah i think uh i think that's a wrap gentlemen this is a almost a three hour episode <laughs> uh we've been going on it, it, it seemed you, a lot shorter than that though yeah you bring you bring me on i'm gonna i'm gonna just elongate the conversation like crazy <laughs> no matter what you do i wouldn't have it any other so. way alec i wouldn't have it any other way so uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, Alec, for joining us for this yeah, episode. Thanks. We've really appreciated the company. Well, absolutely, I, I love talking to you guys. Uh, uh, you guys, you guys got a really good chemistry going on here. 
you don't have a guest. So uh, just really nice to be be a little bit of a part of that. So Definitely. Well, um, next week I'm going to bring you on to talk exclusively about Metroid Other M and Final Fantasy Thirteen. Fantastic. Okay. So, <laughs> we're going to read I guess the we're guidebook. Ryan for next <laughs> yeah, we're just kicking Ryan off the show for a week. So. Yeah, we'll, we're going to read the entire guidebook. Yeah. It's going to be a 24-hour stream. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. <laughs> Make it happen. I was going to say, the episode after that, you should just have Ryan just talk Pokemon on an episode. Just by himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just go through every Pokemon, every typing. Yeah. Yeah, and, I just, actually, you, and you can just rate rate all of them. Be like, yeah, I like this one, or just yeah. like this one sucks. You know, <laughs> Jinx is my waifu. Wait, what? All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually watched like a thirty minute video of a Pax uh, presentation on the perfect Pokemon rap, and like this guy probably is like a a music major or something because he goes through like different oh, styles. Polygon guy. Maybe I don't know. That was a, that was a yes. The perfect. I'm pretty sure that was done by a guy who works for Polygon. Hmm. Okay, I it was really well done, and it was hilarious. Yeah, it, it was. Yes, um, definitely worth watching to all the listeners out there. It's like the first maybe 25 minutes he goes through like his history with Pokemon, how he like went through all the Pokemon and list like based off of syllables, based off of like how you sing things to make it sound good. Cause he was basically saying like the last Pokemon listed was an Arbok and it should have been like freaking Arceus or Mewtwo or something important. Mm-hmm. But like, then he actually sings it for like five to 10 minutes and it's really well done. All right. Well, I don't know how I got there. I don't Just either. Pokemon. Yeah. I'll have my own episode. We'll do that shit. <laughs> It'll be a good time. You can try to um, get you can try to get it's Brian David Gilbert. You can try to get him on. You can talk about it with. Him. There you go. That'd be really cool. Go. I'll reach out to him. I'll have uh, my people call his people. But in the yeah. meantime, uh, if you could all please, please, I'm pleading and begging people. I'm on my knees here. Check out the Tarkaron podcast with Alec Chronolink91 and his buddy Zach. They have excellent chemistry, and now they are on podcasting platforms. You can check them out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, MySpace, Zoom Page, and pretty much everywhere you can download podcasts. Please check them out. I, I really do love what you guys are doing over there. And uh, you definitely are mixing things up. I love the new um, the Wheel of Fortune thing where you guys check out a random either TV show, movie, whatever it ends up being, and then reviewing it the following week. I think that's good stuff. And you, of course, are the reason we ever delved into hypotheticals. So we appreciate that. And it, it's definitely fun because your decisions were obviously far different than Ryan and I's. So um, I, I love what you guys are doing over there. So please, people, yeah. check them out. Yeah, thanks. You know, it's it's funny. It's funny because you've been calling us Tarkron podcast for forever, and we literally just refer to ourselves as Tarkron because we're 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 a YouTube channel, right? That's right. I know. But it was kind of you. But it was kind of you calling, continuing to call us that. Where we were both like, huh? You know, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to actually get ourselves on the platforms. That's true. See, so, we're your marketing team, yeah, like exactly. indirectly, yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah, basically, I mean, you. I mean, sure, you. You. You know, you rip off us. You know, with a with a hypothetical. Exactly. Yeah, but that's why we're not paying royalties is because we do your marketing for free. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, here it's like it's it was just what I said earlier. You know, it's you. uh, It's influence, inspiration, not uh, imitation. You know. That's yeah. Exactly right. (laughs) One's less expensive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this uh, very, very long episode. We hope you got some enjoyment out of it. You can check us out on Discord. There's lots of fun discussion going on there. The link is in the show notes below. Again, free application. Just click the link. And then you can write into the show at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to write in with a question, audio question, anything that makes the show better, we'd very much appreciate it. Ryan, Ryan and I will be back next week for probably a two-man show to probably talk more about Lost. So yeah. stay tuned for that. Alec, thanks for being on the show again, and uh, we will see all you fine people next time. See ya. Awesome. Hey, thanks. Thanks.